Welcome to the Plastic Pleasing Store Podcast. We are your hosts, Trey the Explainer. And me, Miles Grab. A podcast about the natural world. Things that people claim are part of the natural world. And things that used to be. Wow, Trey, we're finally back. That's right. It's been it's been a while. It's been a, a hot minute. Yeah, it's been too long. I feel kind of bad about that, but Trey and I both have been busy with our projects. You finished another video finally, buddy. I did. It take it took me like seven months or something like that. Yeah. Granted, I wasn't working the whole entire time. Uh, but yeah, I made a little video and like uh, it, it took a long time. It's 40 minutes, but I finally did it. Uh, and I caught COVID directly after uploading it. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, your final act, you know, it's like you're to the strongest moment. <laughs> so it's good it's very fulfilling it's it's been performing really really well and That's the good. fans like it i've been hearing you complain about making it for months now so. uh, yes i have I <laughs> complaining i've been complaining about like literally uh the entire time editing it <laughs> so what's it what's it titled for the people who yeah yeah it's called books you can never read it's oh. about lost knowledge and and lost media in the in, in ancient stuff mostly so yeah yeah you mentioned uh, George Lucas's scripts for seven, eight, nine. I did not. I did not. I made some jokes like that, like more okay. recent lost media yeah. kind of stuff. But then I edited it out. Like wow. I, I made a George R. Martin joke in there, and I'm like, "Oh, this is going to make this video seem dated." I'm going to just, gonna, yeah. just take it out. Just take it. Out. It's not going to seem dated because it's never coming out. Oh, don't say, don't say. <laughs> you, finished the, you finished a viewpoint, like you told me. You finished a viewpoint. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's, day, he's working. The man's working. He's doing something. Have you heard the theory that he legitimately hasn't been working on it for for uh, for at all? There's yeah, a, yeah, I think that's probably oh, because we have, we've actually seen no evidence. Like the sample chapters that he's released are all stuff that was supposed to be in the last book that he removed and just moved over to the the next one. So we had no evidence for the longest time that he was actually working on it. I like how the book itself has become so mysterious that there's now conspiracy theories about it. That's fantastic. There's so many <laughs> trying to figure out like a timetable and stuff. Yeah, that's oh, great. Oh, that's, that's really good. How have you been? You've been at Comic Cons and, and all yeah, kinds of stuff? Yeah, I, I got back from Chicago. Um, I don't know how do people in Chicago talk. Like oh, that's it. the home of uh, Mike, uh, Mike Stolklasa. Right? Mm-hmm. I think so. And Rich Mike Evans. Jordan? Oh, yes. Our, our Red Letter Media Board. Yes, yeah. Way more important than Michael Jordan. Um, <laughs> really, they are. He is. They are. They are more culturally relevant now. I I don't know. Um, but both <laughs> very good at what they do. <laughs> um, yeah, Chicago is nice. It's very very clean. A little windy. I didn't get to go to the museums this time, unfortunately. I went last time. They have just amazing museums there. Absolutely love them. But um, I saw a big fancy fountain. That had weird little monsters in it that looked like the guys at the edge of maps, mm-hmm. and um, they were playing like like 17th century music around it, which was interesting. nice. And uh, yeah, really nice. I saw cicadas. I've never really seen cicadas before. We don't Do have, you not have those out west. No, because West Coast is best coast, so we don't have really annoying loud as in. <laughs> we have we have cicadas in the south, and they oh, suck. And they, yeah. they're so big too; they'll fly over and and land on you. At first, I thought like they were doing some like electrical work or something at the park. You know, I was like, man, it's a really loud frequency. And then like, no, them bugs. That's bugs. But they also had fireflies. No, oh, we have fireflies here. They're very yeah, pretty. Very pretty. We don't have fireflies over here. Really, I did not know. see. I went to Washington the other the other, week, and I I didn't notice how you guys don't have the same bugs as us. That's crazy. Yeah, we we don't we have very different bugs than the rest of us. It's cold oh. up here, man. It is cold. It's a little chilly. It's a little rainy. Yeah, that's, that's our whole deal. Well, 
home of the Bigfoot. We we almost met. We could have met. Yeah. We didn't. I, we didn't stay in Seattle long. It was like we arrived at the airport and then we had like plans like immediately. Yeah. It was with my family, yeah. and uh, oh, we could have met. I was like tempted to text you. I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm like with my family next time, another time. It'd be fun. Thanks. The a meeting lot. of the minds. This is like because we've never met in person, right? We never. Oh. Sad. <laughs> Heartbroken <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> it's okay. One time. One time. We're going to go to that Bigfoot cabin, man. Yeah, I got to go to the Bigfoot cabin. <laughs> what if we go to the Bigfoot cabin and like we totally come out as like believers? Dude, that'd be so awesome, though. That'd be right? great. Like, like, what if we found we're the guys? Like, because then people would believe us because we're like, like, well, look, man, I had like a two and a half hour argument with Captain Bigfoot about how Bigfoot's not real. And I, <laughs> and I see the guy, right? I mean, that gives me some credibility. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yes, it was a really good con. I sold a bunch of books. I just had after the gold rush and Clovis there and it was fun. Talk some science with some people. Um, I always get a few people that call the megafauna, um, of North America at the time dinosaurs when I talk to them, which really? I, I always have to try to not laugh. With. Oh man. Like, Oh, woolly mammoths. Those are one of my favorite dinosaurs. Oh man. Like, yeah, man. They're a great <laughs> dinosaur. One of the best there is. That's always something that like you have to do. You have to kind of like dumb dumb down your your knowledge when talking to other people. Yeah. Like I like I like whenever I say like ancient times to like uh to somebody that's not really into like ancient history. This is like ancient times. It's just a- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well there's a lot of errors to remember all their names. I don't remember all their names. That's right. That's true. Most people don't know the difference between like Hellenistic period and like like uh, Roman Republic and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. That's true. People like it, it's kind of hard to keep because we don't teach it this way. All the things that are going on in the world at one time, like what what is England doing? Like when you know, like when Caesar crosses the Rubicon at that moment in history, what's happening in Japan? What's happening in Australia? Like people don't always have that stuff in their head synced up. Right. You know? As I said, we don't we don't teach it that way. So. Yeah, because like King Arthur days are supposed to be during Roman time. Yeah, it's like a post, like post, uh, like the Romans of, oh no, yeah, I guess it's like third century kind yeah. of stuff, like yeah. towards the end of the Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah, you know, so like you don't think about that, right? Yeah, I remember okay. finding that out and it like blew my mind because I always thought of King Arthur like in this mysterious, like mythical period, I guess, like before yeah, well, ancient because, Rome and you know, like the, the, the indigenous people of like Wales and the whole island, like they didn't have writing so for mm-hmm. quite a while, right? So like they have a lot of past but like yeah this is supposed to be when like people were invading the island and, and rome was around you know so like not that king arthur's necessarily a real person but he hypothetically maybe could be mm. like or at least based on something right like there's a thousand theories that don't quite add up in the end but th- there could have yeah. been something that caused something to happen that's a very vague way to say it but <laughs> <laughs> there could have been somebody who did a especially good job during the invasion that kind of helped amalgamate different good stories into somebody over time you know um anyway yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, talk about arthur forever people write a lot of books about and now it's time for another plastic or podcast interview should we talk about our guest on the show Oh yeah, so um, I guess you introduce him, buddy. Yeah, we got yeah, we have yeah. a we have a guest today. So. We have an amazing guest, a, a person that I've known for a while. Like off, like like we never. I don't think we've ever spoken to, like directly, 
but it was mostly through like um, email messaging and stuff and like my early days on YouTube. Um, should I call you Mimo or, or, or CM McCosman? Hello, everyone. Yes, you can call me Mimo or not Mimo, but Memo is okay. Because memo, the M, okay, M memo. in CM Kozeman stands for Memo, basically. Memo. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah, this is this is Memo Kozman. Yes, so I'm I'm really honored to be here. Thank you for uh, thinking about inviting me. And thanks to all of your viewers for uh, being here today. Especially to Trey, I must thank. I mean, I think it's been over 12 years, really. I mean, I yeah, remember... it's been a long time. <laughs> it's, there's a strange uh, bit of lore in that Trey's earliest avatar was uh, part of a partly inspired by one of my fictional dinosaur reconstructions and then mm-hmm. colored with the colors of Pokemon's Ash Ketchum, I think. Or was it the other guy <laughs> from Gravity Falls, right? It was, it was the Gravity Falls guy. Oh, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. I'm... I'm sorry for not like I remember I, I was like really young. Like, um, I, I'm sorry for like not asking your permission to do that too. I oh no, don't, don't. That. And you know, I mean, it's <laughs> it was such an honor because uh, even when you were like uh, doing these early videos about the top paleo artists, and you were kind enough to mention me there, I was like, wow, hmm. wow, this this YouTuber is going places, and I inspired their uh, logo, and you know, I'm being commented in Trey's video so I was so happy and oh, <laughs> you know I feel I, you you've made a massive impact on me as like a like a person interested in science and stuff like reading um like your books and stories and seeing your art like made a huge impact on me like you're the reason I think my channel has ended up the way it's ended up oh I'm thank you so much I mean um Likewise, I mean, it's uh, like a reciprocal echo chamber, but a good echo chamber of inspiration. Mm. Because your works on recent works on history, the way the way you have sagged in the, let's say, past half decade from uh, paleo to history, it's uh, really inspiring. And like even these days, I'm slogging through this amazing book. It's called In the Land of a Thousand Gods, The History mm. of Asia Minor in the Ancient World by Christian Marek, uh, published by uh, Princeton University Press. And each time, like every 10 pages or something, I think of some of your points and some of the great content you've been sharing on Twitter about the ancient world. Um, I, I always, in my mind, I keep going with, wow, Trey would like this bit. And so, so yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I bought that on uh, Kindle. I haven't started it yet when you recommended me. It sounds like right up the thing, right up my alley. Uh, oh, oh hey, thank you, you. Oh, yes like, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool it's cool that like um it seems that we have like a lot of like same interests like you like you have like a really uh amazing like interest in like history and religion and like paleontology like a blend of all this stuff together that um most people typically don't think of as overlapping well i think i mean there's i think a certain contingent of souls living a lot at the world today who gravitate towards such thing and mm. i've been thinking so much about this like people like you me many others people in uh, turkey people in places like sri lanka indonesia philippines italy mexico us uk australia there seems to be this upwelling i mean uh, maybe it's uh, a result of global interest in fortiana in the 1990s and maybe the people who 
were attracted to that, like a proverbial mod to a flame. We kind of were in a certain mindset, but it's it's really interesting. I, I'm I'm meaning to research, talk, interview more about this, but all around the world, there seems to be quite independent uh, flourishings of interest in these areas altogether. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe there's a common cause there. I mean, uh, technically, probably it's due to the internet, like leveling the ground for access to many things. And turns out many... Uh, many people, many things which people think are kind of uh, arcane or boring are actually extremely interesting to consume as popular culture. So it's just uh, it's good to be riding the crest of that wave. But I, I can yeah. talk my mouth off. So uh, let me, since <laughs> I'm the guest here, let let me uh, hand it over to you, and you can introduce and ask questions, and I'll answer them to the best of my ability. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that, no, that was good. No, don't don't be afraid to like ramble too much. Like um, we we love that on that show. This show. Oh, lovely, lovely. Um, <laughs> I, I think that a lot of this kind of content, like this, like obscura, um, like mysterious and and unspoken things about the ancient world or anthropology, has gotten really popular because there's kind of a um, a desire for a new way to look at the past and like all the weird things we hear about in the past normally mm-hmm. get brought up like are the same stuff over and over again. Like, yeah. you know, like Stonehenge bullshit, right? All that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, like the stuff the History Channel and Ancient Aliens goes over again and again. And they're, 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 like, they don't do any new research. And there's so much more to talk about. There's so much, like, interesting and bizarre and, and beautiful things in the past that are, are just, like, not part of the way history is taught, either in pop culture or in academia to most people, like, growing up in oh, yeah, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I mean, so to, like, hear stuff that you missed, you're like, wait, what, that happened? That's amazing, you know? Yeah. Well, but just the other day I was, I told my mom about like the, um, polychrome, like Roman statues, mm-hmm. like how they mm-hmm. painted, uh, the marble statue and it like blew her mind. She had no idea. Uh, she was like, what? That's crazy. It like completely changes my way about the past. So yeah, there's like it, people getting exposure to information that they never knew before. And it's created this interest in the subject. Do you remember what was one of the first things as a kid that you saw from like the ancient world that was like some kind of mysterious or unknown or new thing to you that you're like wow what the heck well for me it was uh, well i grew up in uh, in ankara turkey that's the capital of the turkish republic and being the capital it has the museums actually it has one of the world's finest history museums uh, owing Ooh. to the fortitious position it occupied in history i mean um it's very funny i'm trajan's uh, legal code is inscribed in a temple wall not too far from where I grew up. So the the mm. Codex Ankyranum, or I mean, Trey would know better what it's called. So Ankara has two great museums. One of them is this history museum. One of them is the Natural History Museum. As a kid, my grandfather took me to both of those museums. And you're right there. I, I had the inklings of the sense that, okay, this is going to be the rest of my uh, voluntary life from now on. And I've been very lucky in never deviating from it. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Growing up in Turkey, like it must be amazing to see all the archaeological sites there because it's a really busy point in history that a lot of stuff has taken place in. Oh, yeah. I mean, growing up, you take, kind of take it for granted. And mm. um, I mean, growing up in Turkey, there is this challenge, let us say, that uh, 
the country's social ecosystem is very insular. That is to say, uh, either due to maybe difficulties in language or uh, conscious public public policy, Turkish people think of the universe as beginning and ending in Turkey. So mm. they take many things for granted. You know, every town is a ruin. I mean, it almost seems boring to them. But actually, if you bring in someone from um, the U.S. or Like even Europe, they're like fascinated. Like they say, wow, this building is over 1,000 years old and it's still standing. And yeah, and people uh, have kebabs in the backside. And I mean, in that respect, it's been a great uh, fortune for me, I guess. The other part so We of live the- in the new world, so we don't really have thousand-year-old structures in North America. Uh, but you got a million years of natural history. And when you go there, yes. it's so, so clearly visible so beautiful i mean i traveled in the u.s a few times and each time like we drove past uh mount rainier uh yeah, down in the west right, coast live, man. yeah, yeah. And, and and when when you're driving in that whole region you see why the americans are so good with geography i mean it's like a textbook geographical illustration you don't get to mm-hmm. see those things that clearly yeah, rainier is awesome because like it's like peak like punctures right into the clouds and you can't even see the top of it sometime you just see it in the clouds and it looks like it just goes like right through the sky you know it's really cool. <laughs> beautiful place man i guess every part of the world is beautiful if you know how to look at it yeah and i mean we have our own ancient history here it's just um isn't that kind of stuff like i wrote a book about the clovis people you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we had people here forever like doing all kinds of stuff you know they just didn't make things out of marble but they made all kinds of stuff and had their own culture oh yeah the mound builder cultures and there's this Mm -hmm. really nice book i'm sure you both of you are familiar it's called a fantastic archaeology and it's basically this compilation of of all these pseudo archaeological hypotheses about north american archaeology so it Mm -hmm. uh, trots them out one by one and debunks them one by one and it actually shows uh, gives a Really nice intro to North American archaeological history yeah. was really an eye opener. I I picked it up at a second hand bookstore. Thought it was going to be like a, a generic uh, debunking of Fortiana, but turned out it's like a very very well written introduction awesome. to North American archaeology. It's really cool. That's awesome. Oh, um, I, I was going to ask you a question. Let's see. Let's see what I got. So yeah. yeah. Um, how how uh how's it been being able to see um because because you've been on the internet creating content uh for like a long time and <laughs> what's it been like see, watching like the paleontology and like speculative evolution community like growing over that period of time because it really kind of has exploded yeah yeah i mean in that once again i'm reminded of something you wrote uh, a few months ago or maybe a year ago you gave this mm-hmm. meme of marty mcfly in back to the future playing uh, <laughs> hardcore heavy metal to a, well, time-skipped crowd of people in the 50s. And then he says, well, I guess you're not ready for it any- now, but your kids are going to love it. guess you guys aren't ready for that yet but your kids are gonna love it. 
So I feel a bit like that. And I think it has to do with this generation. That is to say the generation that was built, that was born, not built, that was born after the year 2000. Now they're becoming mature and their interests are aligning so closely. So maybe people like us, we were like, uh, we issued uh, just before our time was due, you know? Or mm. And because of that, there's been a huge amount of interest. And I mean, in the last two years, I met many fans whom I didn't know I had. And then, of course, <laughs> as a side note, um, last year in 2021, uh, this uh, future history science fiction fantasy book I wrote, All Tomorrows, it somehow exploded in popularity, mostly thanks to a very generous online ebook reading by uh, the very famous Alt-Shift-X channel. But mm. I also feel that, sorry, you leave this in. I, I like, uh, anyways, uh, I also feel that uh, the time for this kind of things had come in a way. That is to say, I mean, the generation that was born in the year 2000 or later, they were ready for it. They were really hungry for it. And I think, I mean, uh, a, a bit of hard work, a bit of good fortune. I can't really complain. I mean, it feels really nice to have all these people contact me about their own projects or just to ask, ask for advice. And I reach back as much as I can. But right these days, it's passing the limit where I can respond to every mail and message. So any listeners, don't don't take it personally if I cannot respond to you right away. <laughs> that, that's think, what internet fame does to you. Like uh, you, uh, as a YouTuber, I used to respond to almost every single comment, but you get so much that you're like, oh, I can't, I can't respond to everybody. Yeah, there responded to me though, Trey. I did, I did. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you can see kind of the culmination of popularity because like Prehistoric Planet got made, right? So like, there's like, mm-hmm, yeah, so, like a, a groundswell for that, and, and it looks like there's going to be a new Walking with Dinosaurs. Yeah, I was going to mention um, Prehistoric Planet because it's like uh, your book that you wrote with uh, uh, John Conway and uh, Darren mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. all Darren yesterday. Nash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah, like it. Pre- oh, sorry, you go first. No, no. It, well, I was like, uh, it was like uh, for being a Forrest Gump of uh, speculative evolution. I mean, I was there in that uh, part of the theater as well, and it was just a. Basically, it was first me and John Conway tossing these ideas back and forth about dinosaurs. We were saying, ah, maybe this was not like that, but you know what, what? I mean, then we tried to illustrate some of our ideas, and then we tried to write a book around them. And then Darren came in and wrote the introduction and was also like, like helped us out with the copy a bit. So all all yesterdays was born. And uh, an interesting trivia, the name All Yesterdays, John Conway directly adapted it from All Tomorrows. So that was also another little badge of honor right there. <laughs> That's great. All Tomorrows is is awesome, by the way. Like, I remember first reading that in high school or middle school or something like that. And it, <laughs> it like blew my mind. I don't know. It's just like the, some of the ways that you write and think like it, it it's just like mind blowing sometimes. It just changes the whole way you think about the universe and humanity's place in it and the future and all kinds of stuff. It's just, I know it's amazing. Inaudible sound of me blushing. Thank you, Trey. Uh, (laughs) It's really, and by the way, speaking about all tomorrows and all yesterdays. And uh, Mm -hmm. since uh, there's a lot of cryptozoology lore going on around here, 
let me drop actually uh, one of the darkest pieces of lore about uh, me, John, and Darren. I think John and Darren won't be mad that I'm revealing this right now. But there was one night the three of us got drinking and we convinced each other of uh, the existence of Bigfoot. And we oh. even dreamt oh. up we dreamt up this nebulous plan. Yeah, man, it was like of mice and man, you know. Yeah, we could apply for the grant right now, you know, $15,000, you know, get some motion motion traps, uh, camera traps. This was in the early 2000s, like 2007 or 2009 or something. So these yeah, technologies were still era. new. So we were like like talking about uh, it's it's clear to see that this area is so vast and fossilization is not a problem because you know it's forest floor everything decays and we just worked ourselves into this kind of uh force of belief and then we dreamt up this like if we can scrape together fifteen thousand dollars you know we can get those camera traps those shiny camera traps get on an airplane Camp out somewhere, rent a car, cost of gasoline. We'll only eat at Walmart and you know, get some uh, <laughs> ready-made uh, sushi, not sushi, ready-made noodles or something. And then yeah, don't begin, don't begin sushi from Walmart. Man. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, then sushi would drive the costs up considerably. Yeah. <laughs> then we worked ourselves into this belief, like oh, it's it's happening, guys. You know, we're gonna make. And then the next morning, we were like. Let's never talk about last night again. <laughs> this, is why, this is why I don't drink. Well, I mean, I'm That's not funny. a heavy drinker either, but it was just like social drinking. I mean, a couple of yeah, years yeah, yeah. for me, a couple more for John and Darren. Was that kind of the origin of uh, Cryptozoologicon? I mean, it kind of dovetails with the origin of the Cryptozoologicon because after all yesterday's came out, we were all very interested in like how successful it was. So we said, yeah, let's make another book. And then, of course, this is the early 2010s. This uh, ebook publishing thing was a great revolution. And uh, it, like many people uh, listening at this day might find it like difficult to understand. But for us, growing up in the 1990s, a book was like, you know, I have a book. Oh, my God, he has a book. And it was like kind <laughs> of a big deal. Like, I mean, like even in Turkey, like some like regular bank uh, employee would go out and have a book of his or her pub poems published. And then that person would be like literally saying, I'm immortal now because I have a book. So it was a big deal for us. We could make any book. We could make all the books. Like we could make, I don't know, lizards, lizard lore in Northern England or like snake lore <laughs> in Cyprus or, oh my God, we're going to have like entire libraries of Alexandria. So we had like such dreams, like we were really like pumped up, you know, enormous dreams mm. floating about in our heads. It was a good feeling, like we were like really like pumped. Uh, so we were looking for the, our next book, like I mean, we were throwing a lot of ideas around. One of them was the Cryptozoologicon. Another one was, I don't know, I think Darren later, I don't developed into his, no, 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 that's Darren's original idea. But we had many, many ideas, like UFO lore, I don't know, animal lore, folklore, whatever. Mm. So one of them was the Cryptozoologicon, but the the night of credulity, let us say, it was not a direct part, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think so many of us that don't believe in cryptids love cryptids so much? I think it's a cathartic uh, part of the human experience, especially in this day and age. I mean, 
we live in a totally de- demystified society and a to- hmm. with a totally demystified worldview. And in that context, the encounter with a being that is not of this realm, you know, because you can discover new species. I mean, if I go outside now and collect anything at any porch light, chances are I might discover a previously undiscovered, undescribed species of gnat or little fly or something. But the animals that feature in uh, cryptozoology, they are charismatic species, like a giant mm. man or a giant lake monster. And I think with them, there's always the allure of like being the first person to see something, being the first person to encounter something. And I also, for that reason, believe it dovetails with the whole uh, domain of UFO encounters and other supernatural experiences. That is to say, you see this creature, your being that's out of this world, but it's you only. So in that respect, it's quite, quite spectacular. And so, yeah, it, I think it, I think the it, UFO people sometimes um, believe that they're on more solid ground scientifically because you know space is so big. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of feel like space is just a useful frontier for them, since the other frontiers are pretty well known. So it's it's easier to be like, oh yeah, there's something in that frontier. So oh, it's, just, yeah. it's just kind of a better apologetic for them more than an actual good justification. Oh yeah, I mean, the 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 line keeps. I mean, even in an imaginary future where people have colonized the stars, I think people will start having uh, mystical experiences about time travelers or creatures from another dimension. I mean, there's just no no end. But also, I think it tells us something that people have a real, like, spiritual need. I mean, take spirit in any term you want. I mean, people have a real need, psychological need, for uh, mystical experiences. Because... uh, Yeah, um... I mean, it's food for the soul, Hen- literally. Yeah, uh, Henry David Thoreau, who I both like and dislike, um, <laughs> once put it. He, he said, uh, "We need the tonic of wilderness," you know. And like, I, I think that's really true. I think that's kind of what a lot of this is. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The tonic of wilderness. I think it's also like everybody uh, needs to be alone with nature. Sometimes, I mean. Uh, uh, guys, or uh, let us say, biological guys, more often than uh, ladies or biological ladies. But uh, I mean, it, it appeals to everyone that we need to be alone mm-hmm. in the outdoors. I, I personally have these like moments where uh, I say to my wife, especially it happened a lot during the COVID lockdowns. Like, I, honey, you know what? I don't, I can't like stay cooped up anymore. I need to go to the graveyard and turn over stones and look for scorpions. <laughs> I mean, it, re- it, it, it reached such a, such a point that I built a UV light and uh, because we live in an apartment building, so no such thing as a front yard. I lit it up on the balcony and started macro photographing the moths that came in. And it was like, I mean, it felt like a hit of morphine in a good way. Like, oh my God, oh, at least. I mean, in the worst part of these COVID lockdowns, I went to this graveyard, started flipping stones then the graveyard warden said, what are you doing here? Don't you know there's a lockdown? So I I followed the graveyard wall along a roadside culvert, still keeping flipping stones like no tomorrow, <laughs> encountering scorpions, opilions, jumping spiders. Those you guys like, have roly polies over there? Of course, a lot of kinds. 
We got we got both. I, I love roly polies. We got ball ball roly polies and non ball roly polies. We got the shield guys as well. So there's a variety of roly polies that cannot roll up into a ball, but they're like flat and almost trilobite like, but they're still isopods. They're like light, almost purplish gray, and quite big too. Got them all over the place. I mean, and yes, I did see some of them during that fateful lockdown cemetery excursion. <laughs> that is so awesome. Do you guys have any kind of? Like do you have too. any kind of wind scorpions over there? Not wind scorpions, but we do have camel spiders. Uh, solid okay, it's the same, same family. Yeah. Well, wind scorpions aren't those the. Um, the little like with four leg cave creatures. I think they're, they're new world uh, only. Sulfages, I believe. Oh, sulfages. Okay, sulfages. I, I put a link in the thing. Oh, okay. So we do have them. And yeah. okay, I said okay. You said wind scorpion. I mistook yeah, it that's, for that's. I mistook that's it for whip scorpion because oh, okay. yeah, whip yeah. scorpions are vingaroons, and we sadly lack them. I see. But I actually had also like, once again. Like uh, I'm, I if I talk too much, please say so. But I, I no, have you're a, fine. Oh, no, you're good. Um, I just I remember camping one time, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, they have the big boulders here. I mm-hmm. try to flip them over and see what's under them, and I saw a wind scorpion for the first time. And I didn't know what the hell it was. I was like nine or eight years old, right? I thought I had found a new creature. Did it make that never sound? Seen. They make sound. You I know? don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what sound it made because I probably made a sound. <laughs> uh, you know, I was like, what the. F-? you know they're crazy looking right they don't you don't see them they're not like on t-shirts like kids coloring books don't include them as animals you know like it's it's a weird looking dude you you said you have camel spiders over there uh we're talking about the same thing i think we are talking about um solifuges right oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm looking at it now there's a there's a monster quest episode on those we should have gotten you on for that (laughs) well i could always come back I could always come That's back. True. There's that there's that famous fake camel spider photo um oh. that happened during the Iraq invasion of the guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Force perspective. Quest, Miles. Force yeah. perspective, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean there's a whole bit of like Gulf War lore about them. Like they jump on your face, they can eat through Kevlar. I don't know. But Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember hearing people say that they would like chase the Humvees down and stuff. <laughs> I was like, that sounds awesome. Like, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, those guys. I'm talking about solifuges here. Mm. They have this kind of sense of uh, otherworldly terror that humanity has sought for vain in paintings of demons and monsters that only Jerusalem crickets can match, because it's almost like a human staring out from that little insect body. I'm looking this up. Oh gosh, yeah, you're right. That's just yeah, the coolest sound. It. That sounds like a name of a novel. Or something. Jerusalem, Jerusalem cricket. cricket. I, I think it's like if you see one, you go to Jerusalem out of fear. I don't know how that name came about, but <laughs> I'm I'm getting images of the sport cricket. Yeah, it's like a gnarly cricket that someone photo bashed a newborn child's face. Oh, into. okay. <laughs> we have all these potato bugs over here. Oh well, Al, oh, you're man. you're lucky to have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see them. You see their exoskeletons a lot. Um, sometimes when I'm fishing at the river, like um, you'll see their exoskeletons. Oh yeah, you get these in the west of the U.S. Yeah, we, we call them, them we call here. them potato bugs, which is which <laughs> is a cute name. It's not as cool as Jerusalem cricket. 
Like, could that be an excuse that, to hide how uh, terrific they look? Look, you know. I don't know. I think they look kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, but no, uh, I just like the name. That sounds like a, a, a Rushdie novel. That could be his next book after he recovers. <laughs> Uh, oh, if anyone following that story, he's doing fine now. Oh, let's hope you're not, not, yeah. not, not fine. He got stabbed, but he's gonna live. And he's blind in one eye. Maybe, yeah, he might have lost. Oh him. man, I mean, people underestimate how uh, traumatic stabbing attacks are. Like, if you go yeah, up to someone and stab stabbed. them three times, okay, that's like multiple organ systems damaged at the same time. And yes, yeah, okay. oh. so yes. Uh, thoughts, thoughts go out to him, of course. Not good. But Memo, yeah. I like uh, I liked your uh, dead mall exploring video as well. I sorry, this is uh, unrelated. Oh, it's okay. Yes, get off, yes. get off of the terrible topic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thanks. <laughs> I like exploring dead malls. <laughs> well, you got more of them in the U.S. Uh, what we have more. By the way, these are if you go to my channel on YouTube, go to CM Kozeman, you do see a little playlist, and they're like a niche de la niche the rest of the channel exists to support them basically because they hardly get any viewers but it's just me walking through these strange semi-abundant turkish malls or like basically uh turkish townscapes and looking at weird shops and places they're really nice i want to do more yeah. travelogues do it do it they're, they're great there's something really unique about like preserving like the architecture of like a old building and stuff and ex- being in, inside it and experiencing it. Like mm. I remember when I went to, um, what is it called? I think it's the, the, what is it? Gwinnett Place Mall or something like that in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And like you walk in and it's just like you're, it's like being in like an abandoned temple. It's like there's such a quietness and like, oh. uh, uh, seclusion in there it's it hits you and you're just like whoa and like you walk and like you feel the feeling of like being in like a a massive monumental structure i don't know it's like weird it's weird to say that about like a shopping mall but <laughs> there it is <laughs> shout out to my friends at uh retail archaeology they have a great channel great channel that's good yep yep but yeah I, that's interesting a, a perspective of being in dead malls from like you trade to me because like my generation we kind of grew up in the mall you know, like mm-hmm. we didn't have social media yet. We had forms, but only the nerds that knew how to make their modems work were on them at the time, right? So if you wanted to meet attractive people or people that knew how to like skateboard, you had to go to the mall. And like <laughs> and so like to see them empty now, it's just like it's like looking at like a dead version of your past, like in a way that you really can't do in another it, it's like it is post apocalyptic because it isn't an apoc changed right so like i don't know it's just it's very kind of harrowing to see these dead malls. Mm. they were just such a social hub how know? long before I, there's I think... a dead mall cryptid oh, <laughs> oh that'd be awesome <laughs> well we should cut this and then we should create it uh, i think it's already happening there are these on youtube these back rooms videos which are these oh, like the back oh, room yeah. videos. <laughs> endless dimension of rooms basically they're <laughs> like a stand in for malls really what was that what was that genre of storytelling i was i was gonna uh ask you what, what it's like being a, a youtuber because i've been following your your channel for a while like um the one thing i remember is uh you did like a Promethe- you pitched a prometheus or alien sequel movie or prequel movie or talk something about that damn movie again on- it was great oh. no no memo's like pitch is like amazing like i want that made <laughs> it was so cool okay. <laughs> oh, oh hey, was- it's the uh 
Alien Nibiru, right? Yes, yes. And it's like set in like ancient Mesopotamia. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So uh, like my YouTube channel, it started out like many things out of my own volition. You know, I did not have any aim to become like YouTube famous or anything. I just had my uh, ideas to share with people, I guess. So I have like really rapid and uh, let us say agile production methods. Basically, I just talk into a handheld recorder and then share it with an image through a secondary uploader. So I don't need to worry about editing or nothing. So those grew in popularity. Then uh, there were like some movie reviews in which I, I reviewed the movie, I talked about the film and whatever. So if it was King Kong, I always had a segment at the end where I said, what if the God of Hollywood came to me? And said, see, I'm Koza Man. Here's a trillion dollars uh, to <laughs> remake King Kong as you see fit. I said, yes, God. So it's that kind of thing. <laughs> so basically, that movie, Alien Nibiru, was like kind of an exercise like that. Because for like that one year, 2016 and 17, for some reason, I could not stop watching these uh, alien theory channels and videos before going to sleep. And mm. I said, I could do better than this. So I basically like <laughs> whipped out my own version of it. It looks nothing like the Aliens franchise, by the way. It could be its own standalone thing. But it mm. received a lot of views. And I'm, I'm, then I realized, you know, YouTube storytelling must be a genre of its own. You don't need effects. You don't need like sound effects. You just need, you just need, as the great philosopher Eminem once said, you just need a pen and a paper. Go home, write something, make it suspenseful. And <laughs> so like, it's it's really fun. And I also, like, almost like the whole thing was 80% improvised. I just had plot points. And then the rest was my uh, God-given ability to talk my mouth off, I guess. But I, I wish... <laughs> With Prometheus, I think Ridley Scott wanted to do something completely without the alien in it. Uh, but then the then the movie producers like kind of forced his hand, you know, like, we're spending this many million dollars, you have to give the audience. Yeah. This problem. is a point of contention on our podcast because I hate that movie and Trey's I, I I I kind of love Prometheus. Like there, <laughs> I understand that there's flaws. There's a lot of flaws. There's some flaws in Prometheus. Yeah. It's literally about evolution and criticized. <laughs> I love I love like the, the aesthetic of it. I like some of the ideas in it. Um, <laughs> I like that Lawrence of Arabia is in it. Mm -hmm. I like yeah, that yeah. part. That part's good. Oh, yeah, that's a great Burke. film. But I mean, like the, uh, oh, sorry, the sequel was bad, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That was bad. Alien Covenant like, was... The engineers. I like the engineers. Like, oh, that's the a great point. I like the engineers that. in the movie Alien when they're an unexplained, awesome <laughs> concept that's like horrifying and unknown. I yeah. don't like it when they explain them. I agree with you both in that, I mean, <laughs> I, I like Prometheus, but did it have to be set in the Alien franchise? Like, couldn't they have the, um, right. quote-unquote, guts or balls or any other organs necessary to just launch an original IP of their own? If they had done that, I think that franchise would still be going strong. That's one mm -hmm. thing I find perplexing about uh, popular entertainment in the 21st century, that, like, there's many interesting and creative things being made, but the big names, they are very reluctant to 
come up with original concepts of their own. Yeah, don't get me started on this topic, man. That'll <laughs> yeah. be the whole podcast. It's a big problem. I agree. I, I don't know if you know, I, I work in comics, right? So mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. deal with this shit all, I deal with this all the time. So. Uh, is it like... Um, like fiscal pusillanimity that is to say like you know don't rock the boat let's just make money or i mean yes yeah it, it's it's honestly that simple it's, it's just, i mean it, with movies i can at least understand because like those cg effects or whatever they cost millions to make okay but with comics for example i, I i'm surprised to hear this with comics is there such like i can't they at least take some risks i don't know Comics take more risks than movies because mm-hmm. they cost more. Le- they cost less money to make, um, but you know it's still thirty five, forty grand to make a really good comic. Mima, one thing that I love about like that you introduced me to as a concept is the idea that um, there there were prehistoric civilizations or intelligences that we just like don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, like your, I love the fictional world of. Um, I might say it wrong. Uh, Snyad, Snyad, yes, yes. Snyad, I love Snyad. We're like, it, it, you imply, I think, that there's been like at least two independent civilizations that existed in the past. Like that's yep. awesome. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yes, it really fascinated me, especially when making this one particular drawing. There is a Plateosaurus dinosaur reconstructed as realistically as I could make it, but it's walking past this. Uh, really scary looking fallen monument so i think that all that got my noggin joggin in the first time (laughs) and then we almost put this picture in uh, all yesterdays but then i mean somehow we decided against it because maybe it was too far out there but who knows i mean i mean certainly it's not impossible heck i mean uh i think we we share our planet with multiple intelligent species today and it was mm. not impossible. Uh, I mean, the the furthest out I'm willing to go on a limb is to maybe hypothetically postulate that uh, Listrosaurs were somehow able to create these big ant nest-like cities and maybe tame fire. So they were like maybe not making philosophy or building marble statues, but they had some sort of like uh, Chatalhöyük kind of civilization going, you know. Or maybe uh, that other place. Uh, ah, what's the name? I always forget. Göbekli Tepe. You know the one with the stones, oh, the yeah. structures. Which, which is a fantastic um, discovery and so informative, but also a source of so much content. So maybe something like that may not have been impossible. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there could have been animals at any point in the world's past. Maybe in the Permian period. They could have built these structures and like inhabited them. So, I mean, certainly maybe not building arrowheads or smelting metal or, uh, I don't know, creating anime. But uh, other than that, <laughs> like... Well, so, that's good because that was a mistake. Uh, well, some anime isn't so bad. I like slice of life anime. I, it's fine. It's just, it's a <laughs> meme. Anime was a mistake. So, in 14 lore... People have searched for non-human intelligences in the stars, in lost continents, but seldom at another time. I mean, I think the closest uh, popular culture got to it was with H.P. Lovecraft. He was talking about 
lost cities of lizard men or something and like even those few words oh yeah the uh the great race of yith and stuff like that but there's the um, librarian librarian cones yeah those those are great yes <laughs> and like one of the most insane ideas <laughs> They built, they still had paper books, which I find fascinating, but it makes kind of sense because digital recordings are fragile. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, we, we search for non-human intelligences in space, like spatial dimensions, lost continents, whatever. Let's search for them in time. So I began throwing up all these, uh, all these scenarios and whatever. And now I have new ideas. So let's even take that one step further. What if uh colonists land on an alien world whatever so it's a complete alien ecosystem okay they mm -hmm. discover a cave inside it are uh, tens of thousands of little sculptures depicting humans and that would be oh, so so like like <laughs> it's like um second order time crossover precognition electric boogaloo kind of thing <laughs> and then the colony administrator says just TNT the fucking cave and never talk about it <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love that that part in um, All Tomorrow is about the uh, them finding like a fossilized uh, like Therizinosaur relative yeah, on like, another yeah. planet and how like radically that would change people's ideas of like the world and the universe it would freak people out probably <laughs> well, how did this end up here like what you would get the stupidest conspiracy theories about it oh yeah oh yeah we get we get conspiracy theories on like the 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 most like like uninteresting stuff in archaeology yeah, and like yeah, that would yeah. like blow people's minds <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think what's good like i actually think the idea of like possible you can use the word civilization but you know just just advanced structural groups of animals pre sapiens existing is really interesting but you run into guys like graham hancock who have his like younger dryas civilization mm -hmm. hypothesis which are like you know pretty much completely debunked not that they were ever even proper theories he just kind of speculates right and like those are so popular it makes this, these discussions kind of hard because um you people can hear these discussions and then give credence to those you know non-scientific ideas and and they become much more popular because of that so mm -hmm. it it always kind of makes the topic hard, unfortunately. But um, it is definitely interesting because right, like apes have not been around that long in, in the in the um, history of you know eucratic life on this globe. So you you think that there's somewhat of a probability of other like advanced social structures developing, but we just don't see it in any of our mm. fossil records. But of course, our fossil records are pretty incomplete. So it also makes me skeptical of the the phrase that is not necessarily a scientific phrase but is popular in journalism the the anthropocene you know the new epoch people are mm -hmm. saying we're in geologically because i'm just like you know man time is so long like we've been doing this for like twenty thousand years tops you know but like mm -hmm. the industrial revolution was 250 years ago tops and like you really think that i realize there's a lot like, there's a lot of impact we're making obviously but you really think that 250 years is gonna show up like clearly to people 10 million years in the future you know it's like i don't know yeah no but then again i mean such fragile things have fossilized so maybe there would be enough to uh, tell future archaeologists or paleontologists that something happened so yeah I mean, it's it's impossible I, I, for let's say a coke can not to fossilize i think we've been throwing them yeah. all over the place fossil deposits you gotta find them too though you know 
I mean, mm-hmm. like what percentage of like fossils from the, um, I don't know, Cambrian do you think we have? You know, like how, how many are out there versus how many we have? Oh. You, gotta, you know, I have no, I have no idea how to do that math. Maybe somebody has some version of an idea, but like just because of stuff fossils, people have to know where to look too. And the, le- the levels above them have to be like inviting to get through mm-hmm. and have to protect them as well. So I don't know, man, deep time, like deep time and, and like just deep in the rock, the shit, shit gets mysterious and lost. You know, I'm just, I think it's a little bit of hubris to think that we're so monumental in that oh. long amount of time. So. Not monumental, but trashy, maybe. I mean, I am. <laughs> I, I, they'll, they'll remember me, but I don't know about the rest of everybody else. Uh, they're going to remember our trash, right? It's, yeah. it's they, they, will, <laughs> they will certainly have a hard time explaining like, how the hell did cows migrate to Australia all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like those species dispersals. Yeah. Which was actually <laughs> one of the points Eric von Dunniken was going, the famous uh, ancient aliens uh, hypothesis Yeah, that's guy. kind of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. So, but actually, in one of his books, I uh, he he talked like extremely widely about like how some animals in South America. I don't remember which animals he was speaking about, but they were so similar to those in Africa that something had to fly them over. Oh, I think he was talking about actually uh, South American apes, basically. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, you know, oh, something had to yeah. take them care, take them there. So aliens came down like to the... Africa. And so the monkey, say monkey, take monkey to South America. Yeah. That's <laughs> so I was saying the new world, the new world monkeys were, were transported to South America. By ancient aliens. By ancient aliens. I, I guess, uh, no, I don't want to say I guess, but I, <laughs> I know that that's a mystery, like a bit of a uh, mystery in, in paleontology, I guess, is there's um in my old building at, at uh, university, there's a painting of uh monkeys on like a log and it's like mm. uh it's like a made-up name such and Rafting. such monkey species name trans- crosses the atlantic or something like that mm. so i mean they just go down the west coast just like humans did probably they, they were saying that they crossed um the atlantic from africa to south america because i guess certain the certain species are closest related to like the monkey species that exist in Africa mm-hmm. or something like that. I'm trying to remember what the reasons are. I don't, I don't know. know, but like that's uh, crazy. That's another. That was like a bunch of monkey business. <laughs> monkey business. <laughs> well, but like imagine i uh, I'm gonna make it rhyme to a uh, Miocene Mycenaean civilization. That is to yeah. say, that could like they don't need to be aliens. They could be just mm. any other boring mammal. Maybe cats, Nimravids. I don't know build boats and be all Mycenaean-like and actually transport monkeys to the new world. That's certainly mm. more interesting than aliens, I think. Like, Yeah. I yeah. Pe- pe- People discount insects, too, man. I mean, like, they got... There's been, like, wars going on between different ant colonies or termite mm-hmm. colonies for a long time. There's, there's an intercontinental war between North and South American ants that has been going on for, like, ever. You know, oh. and like they develop different strategies and stuff. Like, I mean, they they could have done some stuff. Who knows? I mean, I think they could. ants, ants, and all social insects. I think, I mean, it's just an order of magnitude. But if those things were like uh, pig sized, we would consider them like oh, those city building ones or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like 
I this is just completely coming out of my ass. But I'm just saying, like, you know, they, they could have um, less prioritized social aspects to more into war aspects if they're so become so territorial and are fighting so much. Just like humans go to a state of total war, right? Mm-hmm. Like where they invest less in culture and other social things. Like maybe they've done that. And, you know, they're like really impacted by the hormones that they share with each other. Mm-hmm. So it could have changed their society over hundreds of thousands or millions of years. I'm not, I'm not saying they had anime. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I've actually read a bit about this. And it seems that for those social insects, kin recognition is a big deal. Because, yeah. I mean, they have to like identify friend from foe and that's that's the beginning of it all because without that you don't have a social collaborative unit so because of the necessity for kin recognition if you have quote-unquote unkin ants they have to treat them as like almost like an immune response so those wars they are not like part of a strategy or like there's no ant napoleon or uh, no termite Genghis Khan, or like no no hatred, but because kin recognition is so baked into the organization of these creatures, it's like a immune body reaction. It's almost like an allergy that, I mean, if they see another ant and it doesn't smell right, they just have to like take it up, disassemble it, and throw yeah. it away. They're just too fucking racist. Just the most racist animal alive. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, probably true. <laughs> Man, there's a butterfly outside my window. He's just like rapidly just flying in a circle as fast as he can. Why it's the hell is he doing it? Mr. Motman coming to visit. I guess. You. I, <laughs> it's a it's a very pretty little butterfly, but he just like, what's he doing? He just soon. Did, did I, have I mentioned that I met Mothman? Ingrid Colt. Or in like did did a caller drop in as Mothman? No. How did that happen? <laughs> no, and uh, I've met the, there's like this, uh, it, I went to West Virginia mm-hmm. and there's uh, a particular owl that they suspect was like the Mothman. It was like a snowy owl. They were ah. really found there. And I met it in person and they, they shot it because, <laughs> and, and they claimed that like, oh, all the sightings stopped after they shot. So I met Mothman technically. So there you go. <laughs> well, in, in the 1990s, something similar happened uh in, in, in the Turkish part of the island of Cyprus. Mm. So there was like near some place, people were seeing bright eyes and hearing a horrible scream. And people immediately assumed this was like uh, the soul of someone who was uh, killed during the 1970s ethnic conflict on that island to such a degree that like some minister or a governor came down and proclaimed that Whoever says this to be a bird is a bird-brained traitor. And of course, two days later... I like this guy. (laughs) Two days later, they pulled out Mr. Owl from the hollow of a tree. Yeah. And it was like (laughs) proven in front of cameras and then nobody talked about that ever again. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how she goes. (laughs) Do do you have like Turkish cryptids? Oh, many, many actually. Like there's this... uh, there are many, actually, uh, there are different strains of Turkish cryptids. There are those uh, based on uh, Islamic uh, supernatural beings, the jinn or something. Like jinns. We call yeah, jinn or jinn. And like, there's nobody, like a few people in Turkey are not afraid of jinns. Even if they don't believe in them, like you tell them a jinn story and like say, shut up, man. <laughs> And yeah. so that's one. <laughs> then there are like genuine cryptids 
like uh, there's a Lake One monster. Uh, lake One is a big uh, soda alkali lake in the eastern part of the country. And in the late 1980s and early 1990s, people always kept seeing this monster there. It's like Lake One, like V-A-N, as if like Van. If you go Lake Van monster mm. and Google for images, you'll find some quite garish, extraordinary images of this thing. And it's got this. I'm a big, world. I'm a big lake monster guy. That's my favorite kind of. Monster. Oh yeah, there's like one with its eye poking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they even had the name. I believe for it. in it. They they call it Jano because a monster in Turkish is Janavar, so they made it cute. They said Jano, Jano the Janavar, Jano the monster. Uh, there's that one. There was a also a UFO sighting in the near the rural part of the city of Marash in the early 2000s. Basically, uh, Turkish equivalent of uh, Farmer Billy Bob was one day walking around this field at night. And then suddenly, he encountered this being without arms, with luminous eyes and a luminous belt floating. So he was terrified and he threw stones at this creature. And Why would you throw stones? Well, yeah, that's a lot of people made fun of this aspect of the story, but to me, that was like one of the most believable aspects of the story because, like, if you're in the rural uh, countryside of Turkey and you see a glowing monster coming at you, you have to fend it off. I mean, no, man, I would, I would, you know, like, look, <laughs> it, it's like the end of Ghostbusters, you know, if somebody asks you if you're a god, you say yes, right? Like, if yeah, I yeah. saw a glowing, luminous being, I'd be like, finally appear, let's rule the world. You know, I'd, I'd want to get on its side. I'd like greet it like it's meeting me, not like I'm meeting it. You know, have some confidence in yourself. <laughs> Maybe. Well, um, I, I've seen you come... draw the the alien guy, right? You drew you drew him once. Yeah, yeah, I did draw the Marash alien once. Actually, I interpreted the no, the guy said it had a luminous belt, so I interpreted that as a jetpack kind of thing. So maybe it was a like floating through. I don't know. Huh. So I'm I'm looking at the Wicked page for the Lake Vaughn monster. Like it says, possible explanation of the sighting are a plesiosaur or a mosiosaur. Oh, of course, of um, course. But this is but then it says, but this has never been confirmed. It's uh, <laughs> like, course, yeah, it's never been confirmed. These <laughs> things that haven't existed for millions of years. Jesus Christ. Well, that just also apparently this lake is is not very um uh, livable. No, it's so, it's an alkali lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah it has yeah, some yeah. fish, but I don't know. It's like super salty and shit. So it's like not not a good place. Some good pictures though. I mean, I mean, I, I think it was like uh, you know cows or sheep sometimes go into the water to swim. So it was just uh, some uh, livestock having a little swim, and then someone had a case of mistaken identity. What else? What else? They're also like supernatural cryptids that are not directly linked to uh, Islamic faith. I mean, in 1987, there was, imagine the Turkish version of National Enquirer. And this okay. is one thing about uh, Turkey that I cannot uh, make uh, clear enough. Like, everything in the Western civilization, like in, in the West, let us say, in the US, whatever, exists in Turkey in some way or form. In some versions, such as uh, corruption or government scandals, actually, Turkey is 100 years ahead of the rest of the world. But we're all getting there. But anyways, so Turkey also has it, used to have, 
its own version of the National Enquirer. There used to be this newspaper devoted to complete and exclusive covering of fake news. Each day, there would be like some global uh, conspiracy or like some naked woman or something, you know. So one day, this, this newspaper, it was during a really bad heat wave as well. The newspaper published this uh, story about basically the child from Oman has been born. It's a baby with glass white eyes and a beard, like the beard of a wise man. If you go Google Sakalli Babek, well, I'm just going to quote it to you. S-A-K as in Kappa. I can't spell that, my man. Oh, well, if you just Google I, this. Type it, in, type it into the chat. Type it into oh, the God. chat. <laughs> Help me out. If you Google this three phrases, you will see a picture. Okay, I'm going to go look at the wise baby. Oh, this is this is not the beard of a wise man. This is this is the beard of a crazy man. It's the beard of Satan. So yeah, anyways, well, yeah. What oh the baby God, look at his did, eyes. What the baby did was not only was it born with uh, like these demonic eyes and a beard, it also had the gift of speech and it made oh. prophecies. Saying like in three months, nuclear exchanges all over the world are going to start. And remember, this was in still in the Cold War, and it created a hysteria. Hysteria! I kid you not. Like people were like, I mean, there's like urban legends of people selling their belongings because the bearded baby told of the end days are coming. Amazing, amazing stuff. That's good, man. That's good. That's crazy. Whoa. I mean, we can't really make fun. That- we got QAnon over here right now. Yeah, that's another area. That's another area we read. Uh, we led the rest of the civilized world by some decades. That, that that's why we let Turkey and NATO so that they can be a leader on this kind of content. <laughs> and then there's the uh, there are lots of urban legends actually. You know the legend with the uh, legend with the deepest hole someone ever dug. In Russia, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. the the hole to hell or something like that. Oh, okay. to hell. So, like, uh, it was good coincidence of you to speak of NATO because during the 1960s, uh, NATO and uh, American military, basically operatives, they were given free reign in Turkey because uh, they supported the country economically, and the government basically said, you know, you build your bases anywhere you want. So they built all those like. Uh, radar sites along the Black Sea border, all those Air Force bases. There's actually a stretch of the highway that runs from Istanbul to Izmir. That's a dual-purpose landing site in case of nuclear war. Like jet oh, fighters can actually ra- yeah. ra- land on this road. So anyways, the American army and its contractors were doing a lot of uh, like construction work. And you know, most of this was actually in a positive light. They built a university there. The university my father graduated from actually was built with American support. So it was not all like, it's not all black and white. Yeah, it's so, nice that we do some good stuff sometimes, you know? Well, I think the, the United States did a lot of good in the world Yeah, well, before, I, I, before they beat the Soviets. After yeah, that, the American unbridled American force. liberals are normally very mm. negative about America's impact on the world, which there's a lot of good reasons why, but if you talk to people like us who are on the American left, you normally just hear us say negative. Things. Yeah, I mean, partly because the right, the right in America is so jingoistic that we kind of have to 
you oh, know yeah yeah i mean i i've been closing i've been keeping very very close tabs on like uh, right left conflict in the us and yeah. maybe we can do a three part <laughs> conflict yeah maybe, maybe we can do a three part podcast on like i mean it's just like uh, uh, if i if i say things i think about the american right on here i'll get i'll get <laughs> I do not like this. Just, just before we started, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I have things to criticize the left for, but I, I can't. I can't even talk about the right. I'll lose my temper. It gets me madder than talking about Star Wars. So. Oh man, I mean, I mean, best of luck. I mean, it's it's looks like it's gonna be uh, tumultuous time for all of us wherever we are. Turkey, US. yeah. Well, you're talking about how you guys had your own National Enquirer. Well, we basically elected the National Enquirer as a person, as the, our president, four hmm. years. So, you know, it's not, not a good time. It was very, very, like, when uh, when that president got elected, the reactions were so similar to reactions we had in 2000, in 2004, when uh, Turkey's current president got elected. But yeah, uh, anyways... Well, I mean, it was also not very good. <laughs> but anyways, going back to the good old days, when the U.S. was a force for good, at least in some parts of Turkey, they mm-hmm. had... Remember, this whole tangent spun off from our conversation about the deepest hole in the world. They had Heck something yeah. called Experiment 31. And believe me, it's, it's, it's from the memoirs of uh, American diplomats who served in Turkey. So it's like, uh, like proper recorded history. That in this Site 31, some Army Corps engineers were trying to dig as deep as they could into the lithosphere just for the heck of it, it seems. And who knows what they found? Well, like demons, secret society. <laughs> demons. So what you said, Miles? Yeah, the the real cross was down there. All kinds of stuff. No, you see, Arkham one of the engineers down. went down the hole, then went up, had a Turkish girlfriend, and nine months later, the bearded baby was born. Oh, oh yeah. How, how is that like full <laughs> circle coming into focus? I like how it's nine months that the, the demon just ate the same. That's good to know. That's crazy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's a lot to learn in this world. I, I think that everybody who has the internet has and YouTube has Googled, what's the deepest hole we've ever dug? You kind of have to, right? You're like, mm-hmm. you got to know. You got to know how, how, how deep we get down there. That's but then, then your YouTube starts showing you weird stuff, man. <laughs> Well, I think that's another like whole weird story, like with the, uh, with like where the lithosphere ends. And I think in 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 Soviet times, the Russians had a number of theories saying how basically oil is, or in, like naturally produced by the world's geological processes. Mm-hmm. In, basically, there was a Russian uh, sub theory about this. They said like oil is basically produced by. Uh, the world's ge- geological uh, cycle in a never-ending supply, so you never have to worry about it ending. That's See, what... this is funny because this is a thing I I say sometimes that people don't like, but there, some people are like, "Oh, it's it's the current American capitalist model that caused global warming." And I was like, "Man, if the USSR won the Cold War, they would have their own way to justify with bad science, like oh, the continuing use of pumping rate. oil and burning oil. It would be the exact same thing because." People are going to want to keep the machine running, and they'll find excuses and bad science to do so. Of course, they will, because that's people do what they're incentivized to do most of the time. That's how it works. Uh, maybe I mean they would do 
terrible damage and like no such thing as a EPA or something. But yeah. maybe because of the absence of uh, built-in uh, auto industry lobby, I mean, there would be less cars. So they would wreck the planet worse, but it would take them another century. To unless, unless you had a, a, a part of their government that said that every worker deserves a car. Oh, that like it, it is part of the proletariat that the proletariat deserves mobility, that they deserve a car. And if they ever say that, and if that becomes part of the, the states, you know, like promise to workers, then they do. You know, it doesn't, you don't need the industry to do it. If you have, um, like mm-hmm. non-democratic bureaucracies that can claim it. This isn't to defend um, <laughs> laissez-faire American capitalism or its impact on global warming. We got you, Miles. You're a yeah. capitalist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my point just is that there's predictable human processes that kind of go above mm-hmm. um, basic ideology and yeah, just like people's incentives it, and their greed are just more powerful than those things. And so, you know, you're, you're just going to be fucked. Is what yeah. I'm saying. I think you're just going to be fucked. <laughs> I mean, I've heard it said that it's a very nice. Everyone, what's the best system? What's the best political system? The best political system is the one around the corner. Because yeah, yeah. given enough time, <laughs> people in any hierarchy are going to be up to no good again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I get off topic on this show. Yeah. It's okay. No, that's what, what this do? show's for. It's... What are you going to do? I don't know, man. I got a lot of opinions. <laughs> it's really pretty out my window though guys like let me tell you there's there's so many little bugs flying around it's sunny it's very green the blackberries are coming in should i got we, should we some transition to the monster quest maybe but i don't know there's some red thing up in this tree and i've been trying to figure out what it is for an hour i think it's like some kind of berries but how could there be berries in this pine tree i don't know what's going on <laughs> It's There's a lot strange, of mysteries in the strange world, world we are living in. Yeah, so I'm saying, man, a lot of beautiful <laughs> stuff out there. We could talk about the failures of human processes, but I mean, this tree is really cool and a nice color red, secretly hidden in it for some reason. So you know, enjoy enjoy the outdoors. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what <laughs> Do I'm wanna... saying. <laughs> All right, are we, are we feeling Monster Quest time? Yeah, maybe. Okay, any, anything else you want to say? Quest. Well, well, for me. Um, well, I would love if people uh, followed me on YouTube. Just uh, go up there and find oh, yeah. CM Kozeman. And, mm-hmm. well, also... Ring that bell. Yeah, ring that little bell icon. And also, <laughs> if, you, if you're feeling charitable, please find me at patreon.com slash CM Kozeman. You can follow me there for exclusive reveals from my up- upcoming projects. And uh, every week I post something new on Patreon. So you'll get to see those two. I guess That's I'll awesome. fo- I guess I'll I, follow you. I on. want you to get more of a following because you 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 make some really amazing stuff, and it's 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 just awesome to watch you work. Uh, there you go, buddy. I I followed you on Twitter to look at all the weird shit you're posting, like this creepy bird that you posted that I don't like. Oh, I I uh, Mimo Mimo, uh, I like missed your um your you you ran a Tumblr. It was like your inspirational Tumblr Tumblr. It was like pictures. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Well, I still run I it. Love that stuff. I still oh, run it awesome. on my website. If you go to cmkozaman.com, you can see everything I do. Sketches, illustrations, fine art, books. Except for the oh, awesome. few sneak bits on uh, on Patreon. Everything is up there. I, I really believe in owning my own data. And there's an inspiration, inspiration section, which I still maintain like an HTML Tumblr. 
You just can't like or That's repost, awesome. but I don't mind. I just share all my research findings there. So there, I mean, in this day and age, I really strongly believe in owning my own data. I mean, if I could, I would just uh, post my videos up on my own website too. But, you know, YouTube is okay, I guess. But for example, anything I post on Instagram, I back it up on my website in the photography section. So, so there, yeah. That's awesome. So we talked about a lot of different stuff. Um, I said a bunch of random stuff that I don't know has anything to do with what we were talking about, but I was doing my best. And we've talked about prehistoric planet the last couple episodes, and that was fun. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to get back to our roots, Trey. That's right. That's right. It's time. For Monster Quest. Yeah, you gotta say Monster Quest. West, 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 West. Wait, wait. If I was doing it on my own channel, I would go something like... Monster Quest. West, 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 Head start. <laughs> Witnesses around the world report seeing monsters. Are they real or imaginary? Science searches for answers. On Monster Quest. <laughs> All right, Miles. What, what, what are we talking about this time? Is this a, a little little creature? We're talking about one of the more popular cryptids, I think, in, in, in the Americas. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, t- we're talking about the goat sucker himself, uh, the chupacabra. That's right. Oh, wow. That's right. So, yeah, this is, um, what, 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 what is this guy? He's, um, so the, the Monster Quest episode itself starts off saying something strange is killing animals on the ranches of Texas. And it so, kills the favorite rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> it rabbit it has the ability to know that and pick it out. <laughs> Uh, I, I like the line too when the monster quest starts because it says um, wherever it goes it leaves a mark and I'm like well that's really good because that means we're going to find it for it should sure. be easy to find it yeah point. so like, you have you've already stated at your first principle that there's always evidence of this thing so that's good we're going to find it um, we hear a lot of different descriptions of the chupacabra it's very interesting so you, we hear that it has front legs sort of like a kangaroo uh, that it's hairless with back legs much longer than its front legs. Mm-hmm. It has glowing red eyes. That it resembles a gargoyle. Um, what other descriptions are there, Trey? There. Uh, so there's. Uh, we're talking about the first one or the second one because there's. Well, two that, that's the point. So, so uh, it's not clear <laughs> what we're looking for, right? Because there's kind of they're kind of mainland form. And there's a Puerto Rican form. Yeah, there's, there's the island. The coastal ones evolved differently. Yeah, yeah, because the you see the 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 mainland Texas form is uh, like four legged. It's like a dog, um, and then the very the, similar to a dog, isn't it? The it, it's a little similar. It's pretty similar. It's almost identical yeah. to a dog with a skin condition. Funny enough, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it's, quiet, it's Trey, kind quiet. of a coincidence. <laughs> um, and the, the Puerto Rican long. Oh teeth. yes, it does have it does have long honed teeth like a like like a Dracula. <laughs> Yeah, that it that it uses to suck uh, suck blood out of stuff. Apparently, that's why they call it the the goat sucker because it's a yep. chupacabra. It's in Spanish, <laughs> it means goat sucker. Um, but the Puerto Rican form 
is a little it's like a little uh little uh goblin looking creature right it's like uh two legs it stands on two legs and yeah so you, so you have houses. one version so puerto rico which is part of america but they don't get the right to vote because our country is racist um it's 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 an it's an island and they saw this thing apparently and it's like a kangaroo in structure almost some versions may have wings some may not it has red red eyes and like a, a gross looking skin, and yeah, it'll come for you, I guess. Spikes. That's spikes that's, that's the version of the chupacabra that evolved on the island. But then it when did. they moved mainland and migrated, they um, they changed their morphology quite a bit, and they look very similar to coyotes or dogs, like a canine, right? But like with like um, a tough skin. It's described sometimes like an elephant looking skin and maybe larger fangs. Mm-hmm. And and they're they're mostly known from their behavior, what they leave behind. Hmm. Yes, the yes. Puerto Rican are... variety is also prone to home invasions. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> it sneaks into people's houses and stands. They on do their not house. respect people's personal space. Hey, welcome back to Personal Space. I'm your host, Philip Jacobs, and let me tell you, I care about my personal space. Whoa, whoa! Hey, who's around me right now? Who's around me? Now, why don't we step up here and everybody get stepped up and let's get some stepped up personal space up in this place. Here we go. We get a one personal space, two personal space, three, stay out of my personal space, four, keep away from my personal space, five, get out of that personal space, six, stay away from my personal space, seven, keep away from that personal space, eight, Personal space. Nine. Personal space. You know, I take personal space pretty seriously. Up to the point that I don't even care about this. I'm not even interested in having this skin on my personal space. Oh, oh my God. Oh, it hurts. Gross. <laughs> what an asshole. Oh, tune in next week to the best show ever. The show we all grew in love. The Personal Space Show. More Personal Space next Tuesday at 8. Up next, the heat is turning up with Samantha and the boys on The Northsiders. <laughs> it doesn't even ask for permission. How you do it, you know, how you do it like vampires and those, um, what was it, True Blood? The vampire says, can I come in? And like, unless you say yes, can never ever get in. Uh, I guess... <laughs> The Puerto Rican variant, uh, Cupacabra Bipedus, never got the memo. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't follow those rules. No, no. <laughs> so we're not we're not sure, um, like if there were any transitional steps in between these these two different species, but they apparently are the same species. They just look quite different from each other. They they you made know, the like, poor guy make two 3D models for this episode. I'm just yeah. picturing that. Like we we need two 3D models for this episode of the the cryptid. He's like, what? I, I'm take a look. You just make one. <laughs> it's you know, like exhausting. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. We're we're on we're on the we're on the trail of these dudes, mm-hmm. no matter what they look like. Yes, and they they leave they leave behind little little uh, presents for the humans, right? They leave. Dead, yeah. dead animals. So, um, cattle mutilations, uh, which are a mm-hmm. common um, odd event that seems to demand a strange explanation to a lot of people. Um, 
you get explanations. So basically, a cattle mutilation, right? You got a cow. It's all messed up. It's dead. Farmer finds it. It's like, wow, this is sure dead in a weird way. I wonder what happened. And you get explanations for these cattle mutilations in all sorts of ways. You get satanic cults. You get UFOs. You get new cryptids, right? So like, it's it's a phenomenon that demands an explanation to a lot of people's minds. Hmm, right. So yeah, we'll yeah. see what's going on with that. Well, and they claim that the, what makes these unique is that they're drained of their blood, apparently. Claimed. Yeah. So the animal, so somebody sucked them, sucked them dry. Yeah. Ooh. Sorry. I didn't mean to Ooh, say that. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, let's move on. <laughs> but okay. So that, that that's yes. what we're looking for, right? We're, we're looking for this. And, um, mm. and I guess, um, what, what what's the first sighting like? When does somebody like, oh, this is why we think the chupacabra did these cattle mutilations and not um, UFOs or Satanists or Bigfoot? I I think the uh, chupacabra story can be traced to a, a, a one person. What was his name? He was in the episode. Uh, was he Robert Bob something like that? Wrote his name down. Wrote a good book mm-hmm. about it. Oh, Benjamin Radford has has done research into the chupacabra. And I think he traced the story to one lady in 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you yeah. heard about this? Yeah. Well, hold Madeline. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. Don't don't say it that way because you're saying it like it's not real. The guy oh, oh, there is a lady. Let's, who... let's talk about just talk about <laughs> her story. Yes. No. Do you want to do you want to say it? So yeah, so the, so like I said, we have these weird phenomenon that demand a weird explanation in a lot of people's minds, and this is where we get. Um, well, I, I distinctly remember the uh, whole uh, Chupacabra news hitting the newspapers in like 95, 96. Yeah. Be- before mm. that, the uh, cap- cattle mutilations were their own thing and more like in the domain of the UFO specialists, let us say. Mm. Or like the satanic panic people like, mm. the, uh, true, like in the US when they thought Satanists were, were taking over the country <laughs> and showing up everywhere. During the UFO phase, they were like mentioning like the the cheekbone was taken out with surgical precision or whatever. But mm. I always yeah, thought like basically anywhere you go in the world, in the countrysides, there there's a lot of sadists. I mean, <laughs> it's just <laughs> people at work, you know. And it's sad to say. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, basically you can trace this to to Madeline uh, Talentino. And she mm-hmm. saw this creature in August 1995, right? And to quote her, she said that she saw a bipedal animal that had dark gray or black eyes that were damp, apparently, mm-hmm. and protruding. Uh, and it was running up to temples and and being a big old weirdo, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, she said it had like alien type eyes and it was about four feet tall, she said, about more, no, not bigger than that, not small, four feet tall. She's very sure of that. And at the time, she said it was walking like a human on both legs. Its arms were drawn back into attack position, apparently. I don't know what attack position looks like for this animal, but, you know, you can picture that yourself. Was he Naruto running? Uh, no. Back? <laughs> Possibly, though. And, Nar- and her Naruto quote goes on to out. say, she says, although it was a t- were a TV monster, that's a that's something to think about later. They might come yeah. up later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she said it had three long... Uh, skinny fingers that its arms were also very long and that its okay. hair was rather short and close to its body uh rather well combed in fact 
That's a weird thing to say. (laughs) It's a weird thing to say. So that, and so then people are like, boom, got it. It's a monster. So people started looking for this chupacabra as the explanation for these cattle mutilations in 1995. Yeah. And there, and there are people there. This was a big craze in the nineties in Puerto Rico, apparently like they showed footage from Joseph Palmiero, uh, which was like footage at, at that time. And they had like animal service peoples and, government stuff involved right they were looking for the chupacabra yeah we'll get into that more so. and he even found a nest right he found a oh, chupacabra. Nice. yeah 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 <laughs> with hair in it with okay. hair so, so that's what we're looking for trey what do we do to try to find this what does what does monster quest do to try to find this monster oh so uh so they go to they go to texas and so the the mainland variant uh this was sort of like the centerpiece of the episode where the three chupacabra bodies that were found and uh, preserved in Texas. And uh, they are, I, I listed them, they're the El- Ellendorf Beast, mm-hmm. shot and killed by the rancher Devin. Yeah, he got that. Bones. He put the gun in a tree, right? He was like, uh, uh, he, he was because hiding he kept on killing his chickens. <laughs> yes. <'cause> yes. The, <laughs> he's, um, he kept on killing his chickens. Yeah, so this is in 2005, mm-hmm. and and you know this this chump was he got all of his chicken coops out there, and man, they they were just coming and taking his chickens. They were killing his chickens, you know. And he was like, "Man, there's no blood in these chickens. What the heck is going on?" Right? And then he, he kept seeing this strange creature. He's like looking out in this field. He's like, "What the hell is that?" And he saw the guy like four times, and every time he said, "I'm gonna get my gun," he came back, mm-hmm. boom, was gone. Mm, Chupacabra's right. like, I ain't getting shot. You can't trick me, motherfucker. Get out of there. So he's like, you know, I'm gonna put my gun in the nook of the tree itself. I ain't going in the house. I'm just gonna pop it right off. So one day, he's out there. He's carrying some pails of water, you know, trying to keep everything around his farm, his chicken coop all good and hydrated. And he sees that chupacabra. And he's like, that's it, motherfucker. You're going down. So he gets, <laughs> up, he gets up behind the tree, and he's like, but bam! And he, he, he puts, he kills it. He kills that chupacabra. He runs out there. He goes checks it out. He, he took a shot about thirty yards away, you know. So he got a good bam, one shot, dead. And uh, he got that animal, and he's going to send mm-hmm. it to the lab, and we'll wait and see what he found. He kept the bones. He kept the bones of it. Yeah, uh, he got the bone. Well, he got to eat it. He ate. He ate, <laughs> he the, ate the meat. That's a good. That's funny idea. Wait, what happened to the meat? I guess it just rotted. Well, yeah, I know. I know what happened to the meat. It made a. <laughs> he made a chupa stew. Is what he did. Oh, <laughs> yes. Reminds me of like. Yeah, has anybody eaten a cryptid before? Probably. Well, no, because they don't exist. Oh, shoot. I told you to read that comic proof. There's a guy that eats cryptids, like high society people that eat cryptids. (laughs) There was a movie like that, wasn't there? There's like ultra rich people eating endangered animals. And the guy had a lizard, a Komodo dragon. It's like one of the classic uh, early 80s movies. I I forgot what it was called. That sounds great. Something man, I don't know, but anyways, anyways, back to back to business. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's that, that was Chupacabra number one, yeah. Chupacabra number two, which is Phyllis Canyon's Beast, uh, oh. which was also in Texas, which she found on the road as a roadkill in 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so so Phil, Phyllis Canyon, she, she's a farm Karen, and uh, she wears a red bandana like a dog around her neck. And she got uh, she got M M&M and M colored hair, 
and she wears one of those blue visors, like like picture like a dad taking his family to Disneyland in 1998, mm-hmm. like that kind of visor is what she's wearing. And uh, as she saw one running around her farm once because she noticed a bunch of chickens were dying, and she claimed again, you know, blood sucked out of them, the meat was left, you know, just wanted that blood. She said an animal would never do that shit; it would just never happen. Uh, so she contacted her brother. His name is Byron. She's like, yo, Byron, I ain't got no blood in my chickens. What can I do about this shit? You know, I got this visor on, keeping the sun out of my eyes, so I got a good eyesight on my farm, but I don't know what the heck's going on. He's like, you know what? Phyllis, that there's a chupacabra, 100%. <laughs> right. <laughs> instant ID, instant ID. Yeah, he's like, I fucking know. It's, it's obvious. Did- did she know? Did, was that before or after she found the roadkill? Because that that kind of influences the story. If she already was, was aware before. of the chupacabra, this is what oh. Monster Quest told me happened before. Oh, that's see, that's change it. So she yeah. knew about the chupacabra before she found the roadkill. Yeah, kill, yeah. So. You're, mm. You'll find that priming is an important part of finding a cryptid. <laughs> you really need to be primed up to see that thing. But you know, hey, maybe it's real. We're on the maybe trail. A, Monster Quest is on the trail. Plastic Pleasers or podcast is on the trail. We're going to find that goat sucker. Because she was smart. She kept it frozen, so it's pretty oh, yeah. intact. Yeah. Her, her chupacabra. And then the last chupacabra was Ben O'Quinn's creature in Pollock, Texas. And it was, it was, it, it hid under his house in the crawl space. And he sent his son in to go after it. And I think he got, he shot and killed it, right? On, yeah, there's a little right, millennial right. boy down there, and he's yes. he's crawling around in his basement. I think he had a rope with him, you know, and he got he got the gun over his shoulder. He's protecting his boy. And he's like, "Go get that chupacabra!" Go, yeah, go in there and get that chupacabra, son. Uh, it's a yeah, it's a rite of passage. Yeah, <laughs> every man in this nation has crawled under the basement and in a polo t shirt to get a chupacabra. Yeah, yeah. Who among us can't? <laughs> that's the making of a great nation yeah well there's also we also go back so that that's the that's the mainland version right mm-hmm. but those people find in the capture in the mainland ones the proof solid chupacabra is real but what what about the the island version the coastal the coastal chupacabra i coastal have to, i have to add that the co- coastal chupacabra has like the best 3d rendition ever <laughs> it's high art is what it is it's like a it's screaming manlet kind of thing it's like a small they baby. could have put that in attack of the clones what they could have done. in like the cantina or something <laughs> like something someone oh, made in on sport the, the, yeah oh sport yeah the, the way they are presented <laughs> on these like rotating glowing discs always yeah. like brings to me my mind of the spore game <laughs> <laughs> so there's um uh Michelle Narigo uh Melendez uh-huh. Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. And uh he said he saw one of these things. He saw a coastal chupacabra. Uh he said it was as tall as he was. Now, I don't know if he's four foot tall, but other ladies said they're only four foot tall. So maybe, maybe he's a little guy. I don't know. You know, no disrespect. That'd be, that'd be really funny. They pan out, they zoom out the camera, and he's like really, really short. <laughs> it's as tall as a man. Well, this man particularly, and this man is four foot tall. <laughs> he said he had it red oval eyes. He mm-hmm. saw it on the edge of his balcony. He had a nice house, this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he ran into the house when he saw it because he's like, nope. And he closed the door. Uh, and 
but he said the creature was not done with him, right? They're like, oh crap, he tried to run away. Uh, they said they were eyeballing each other. The monster got closer, and he'd never been so scared. And that's kind of the end of the story. Oh but my god. But it, it's an exciting story. Monster Quest wanted us to know about it. Yes. It, it, and also, they did the thing where they found the Chupacabra nest. I think I might have mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, they live in little nests, I guess. Well, these guys, like, are they uh, specifically mentioned as like sucking things off? I mean, draining them of blood? As in, because I, uh, I thought that was only a Texas thing. Or, I, think, or, no, I, don't. I, I think, no, I think the Puerto Rico one. It, it sucks blood too, which is where we the the name came from, like a Puerto Rican comedian mm-hmm. who called him the the blood sucker, the goat sucker, or whatever. Did mm-hmm. you know there's actually a, a use of the word chupacabra way before these events, like in the fifties? Really, really? What, do we what was it for? Yeah. I wonder. In the in the show Gunsmoke, they call something the chupacabra, and they're like, it means goat sucker. So somebody combined the words together. <laughs> to make chupacabra before but it wasn't like a cryptid that's great that's kind of like the the history of like the word hobbit like they're like the word shows up in like this obscure dictionary in like the 1800s yeah long before uh tolkien's so that, that's kind just of that's good, kind of interesting just think well that's that's because hobbits were real oh yes that's right that's right the the, the red, red book was red passed book. down through the centuries yeah. <laughs> this um is a, this is a bit <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a bit. Uh, also, we we need to point out that uh, a mayor who was up for re-election in Puerto Rico, you know, he 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 was after this fucking thing during this time in the nineties. He ran on the premise. Yeah, I mean, that was- yeah, he was basically <laughs> like, if you elect me, sure, I'll work on the economy or whatever dumb shit you villagers want. But the main thing is, I'm going to get that chupacabra. <laughs> Got to keep people safe. The main concern is chupacabras. Well, he watched Jaws, and he's like, I know why people didn't like that mayor. What he did wrong, right? I'm going to do the opposite. <laughs> like, I'm going to get that thing. And, um, yeah, he, he actually, I heard somebody say this, and I saw it written a couple places, but I couldn't confirm it. But, so this might not be true. I might be spreading lies. But apparently he, like, Stood on the back of a truck carrying a big cross, going out like riding around the country looking for this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my! So that's awesome. So, you know, they're on the case. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so that that's basically what we do. This too. Oh, we got one more guy searching for this thing, though, buddy. Who is it? It's Hatman. Oh, oh! Um, I thought we were gonna do that in the search where we got the people. We are in the there. search. Oh, we are in the search. Wait, that guy, that guy looks amazing. He walked, he came out of that car in like my breath. I sucked in my breath because his outfit was just Did it play the Top Gun song when he showed up? Can Gerhard? Yes. Basically, we got a bunch of these Chupacabra. We caught their asses, right? We got we got Farm Karen got one. Millennial Kid got one. And then Farmer Joe got one. And, you know... We got to catch one alive, though, right? We got to prove this damn thing. So we bring in Ken Gerhardt. And, man, this guy looks like he loves Motley Crue. <laughs> um, he, he does not respect women's rights, but he can party all night long. He he he's, looks like he's from the Matrix. Like the you, like <laughs> I, He looks great. He's got that sick leather jacket and that, that hat. We've talked about that hat, Miles, in, in the well, DMs. What's funny is we talked about how this guy looks hella awesome, right? Very cool. And uh, I, w- I just called him Hat Guy. 
And, <laughs> and then I was like, Trey, you think he ever takes off that hat? And Trey, because he's a researcher in antiquities and important moments <laughs> in human history, Trey knows how to research. And what did you find about that hat, Trey? I I oh, I didn't find about the hat. I just saw a picture of him without the hat, so he takes it off sometimes. Oh well, yeah, but I'm saying you found pictures of him recently with the hat. Oh, and he still wears the hat. He that's what I was trying to. Hat. That's why I was trying to set you up for, buddy. The hat is still very much in play, and it's got a skull on it. And he's got he has an action figure of himself. I don't know if this is like a one time thing, but there is an action figure of Ken Gerhard. I bet there. you something that he <laughs> has dressed up as Captain Jack Sparrow for Halloween more than once. <laughs> do you think that hat has a story like it's it comes from a certain person or something like that no although <laughs> no i think that he will tell you a story about it yeah you know, i think that there about. is a story no <laughs> like he'll probably be like oh i got this from a lone mountain man lived on the top of a hill with only a harley davidson motorcycle that he used to fight world war ii he ran away from society He'd been living out there, trading goods with Sasquatch for 20 years. And this was his hat, you know, like some bullshit. Uh, my, my dad, this is my dad's hat. And he, he got, he got, he went, he got taken by a chupacabra. And, and all I found was the hat covered in blood. We didn't, we didn't oh. find his body. That's why I wear the hat. Also, he brought a fucking sword. <laughs> Did to stab? <laughs> did you see it? Did you not see the story? I, I didn't see the story. I, my, oh, I, hold on, I, hold I on, hold on, that. hold on. I gotta, sh- I gotta show you. you, gotta, you gotta, <laughs> I missed I, that. I guess he brought like a high level D and D sword. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, when they're by the fence post, he has it out. Oh, the fence post that the the scratching. I'll tell you what I think about that shit. <laughs> That no animal could scratch. Trying to, <laughs> trying to show you his fucking sword, dude. Give me the sword. He also he also has it when he steps out of the car for the first time. I mean, what do you I... think about th- what do you think about this guy, buddy? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how much the costumes make the man in these shows. Right. I, I, <laughs> it's like uh, almost like cosplay. I mean, all, almost pornographic in the non-sexual sense that, like, everybody's a character. <laughs> everybody's got, like, a get-up. They're rocking some sort of uh, bling, or I think they call it drip these days. Like, if <laughs> yeah, you don't, don't. have those, you, if you don't have those, you're not allowed almost to be a cryptozoologist. Like, you cannot right, be a cryptozoologist okay. if you have a hoodie and, like, a gray T-shirt and shorts. Yeah, no it just way. don't work, right? You 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 gotta look like half monster yourself, you know. The, that's a it's a thing that I <laughs> noticed that um <laughs> we gotta make a monster to find a monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's something I've noticed with uh, amateur archaeologists is they mm-hmm. all have to dress up like Indiana Jones for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, like all the people on Ancient Aliens and stuff. Yeah, but but, but Trey, mm-hmm. if I if I bought you a nice Indiana Jones outfit and it fit you real good. <laughs> and I'm like, buddy, you can wear this. And you can run in that temple right there, or you could just wear a T-shirt. What are you gonna wear? I, I, I guess you're right. I guess yeah. you're right. I mean, that don't lie. lie to me. I said a nice <laughs> one. I'm buying you a nice one, like linen. Oh, he's got that. Is that a sword or is that a gun? No, that's no, a sword. no, no. It's a sword. Oh my god! I'm telling you, look at it. It's look like at a, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I see it. There's I see jewels. It. There's jewels oh. on the leather casing. <laughs> it's quite a weapon, right there. I mean, Chupacabra's oh, going down. This is a magical weapon that will seal his dark soul away. 
I, I'm so spoil. certain this guy uh, is a big fan of the Draca series by Steve Sterling. If you know <laughs> that one, the alternative history <laughs> where a uh, slave making super civilization conquers all of the world. It's like, anyways, if if any of the <laughs> listeners know, please mention in the comments. But this guy. <laughs> Then there's the other guy. There's yeah. the West guy, right? With lots of pockets and stuff. Uh, Lee Hales? Is that, is that the guy who kind of looks like a... Like he's the wildlife expert, but he... Yeah, he yeah. Lo- and he looks the part. He looks like Crocodile Hunter. Okay, guys, here. Here, watch this one real quick. Watch Okay. <laughs> Look, you can see him. He's holding the sword out. Why is he holding the sword? He's going to well, fight stick, the Chupacabra. Right? That's no, not a stick, it's a sword. No, no, it is a sword. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't I'm sorry. Ask- Devil's They're going to have a sword duel. They're going to have a sword He duel. has a bedazzled sword. <laughs> literally a bedazzled sword. And he's walking around with it at the ready. Don't be dull. Be dazzling. Dazzle with the Bedazzler. The kit that can change your wardrobe from dull to daring. Just place the gem stud on the Bedazzler platform. Then press down to attach to your fabric. Look, it's as easy as using a stapler. In seconds, you've got a dazzling design. Children love the Bedazzler too. It's great for gifts, crafts, and costumes. Now with the Bedazzler, you can add glittering rhinestones and studs for a fraction of the cost. Transform blouses, belts, jeans, and boots with studs and stones. You can get the Bedazzler for just $19.95. We'll also send you 150 sparkling silver gem studs absolutely free. Plus, you get 25 brilliant rhinestones in emerald, ruby, diamond, and topaz. You also get 15 popular designs for quick and easy bedazzling. You get a $50 value for just $19.95. Sorry, no CODs. Credit card users called 1-800-652-4242. Right now, we're giving away valuable gold gem studs at incredible discounts on all of today's orders. Call toll-free to order by credit card or get mail order address. Call 1-800-652-4242. And and he got to fight the chupacabra tray. In the context of the show, he's walking up to the the uh, cage trap. So I'm yeah, he was gonna kill it. If he, yeah, he if the chupacabra got a, was in there, he was gonna stab it through the bars. So that beast is evil and it must be killed. <laughs> anyway, so but anyways, my point is that this guy's on the trail, right? Yeah. And and three people already found real chupacabras, mm-hmm. and this guy has a sword and a hat and a backstory and an attitude. You know, he's going to get it for sure. hundred percent chance. Well, well, he, his, uh, his goal, should we talk about his goal? Like, uh, like what? Is yeah. Okay. Is? So what, so, so we bring him into it. I've clowned him a little bit, but he has an actual plan. Monster quest has set him up with some resources and assistant to try to actually find this thing. What is he going to do? Trey? He's going to set a trap for the Chupacabra, uh, in Texas using camera traps and then also a cage. That uh, with a live chicken bait, that poor chicken <laughs> is on the other side of the cage um, with the assumption that the chupacabra is going to walk into the cage trap, get trapped in there, and we win a million dollars. This is really from <laughs> the uh, Elmer Fudd School of Cryptozoology. Um, <laughs> I'm hunting cryptids. Chungus <laughs> oh, yes. Ch- Ch- is a cryptid. Chunk, big chunk of stuff. Get that yeah. off the show, Miles. Get that big chunk of stuff. <laughs> Dude, but okay, I like the part. So like, he gets all this like meat, and they're gonna like put it in the turt, and they're like yes. super copper. But like, then they're like, it's bloody meat. They think that red stuff in a package of chicken is blood. It's not true. So I thought that was funny because that's like well, they, a, they got it at like Walmart, and then they yeah. kind of, it was just like pouring it out on the ground. <laughs> that's not blood. Like. 
they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's funny because they, they act like it's like some soup. They say bloody meat like three times. There's no blood. They don't add any blood to the meat. It's just a package of chicken they bought at Walmart. Look, the chupacabra is going to. Yeah, because the chupacabra is a blood sucker. So it needs it needs blood, right? Yeah. I also think they refer to chum for sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Like chumming. So oh. so they do that and then they get they get some bait traps set up, right? Mm-hmm. And then they Coyote get the camera. Yeah, they, and they get the camera traps, which is Monster Quest special, right? This, this yeah, that's like, a staple for every single episode yeah. of Monster Quest. Doug, Doug Hijack, the producer of Monster Quest, is a big fan of these traps, and he has used cameras to get actual cool, real animal stuff before. You know, like legitimate stuff. And so he's a really big fan of these, and they try to use them in every show. Which you know that makes sense, right? Like if there is a large animal out there you're trying to find, like. Some camera traps, I guess it would work. Right. I don't know. Do you have any opinion on uh, the effectiveness of camera traps to find cryptids? Well, I think they're slightly effective. I mean, I mean, all jokes aside, very recently in, in Turkey, they captured a relic surviving population of the Anatolian leopard, still alive and very well, using nothing but camera traps. So yeah. I think in well, some good. cases they're super effective, but yeah. I, I don't so know if they're as precise as this these guys make it out to be. I mean, you're out in the wilds of Texas. There's like what wolves, probably coyotes, uh, all sorts. There's no, of there's like, no wolves. There, there are no wolves, huh? Kill, but there, there's we, certainly we kill, coyotes, huh? Yeah, there's mm-hmm. coyotes. Yeah. There's coyotes. There's like probably wild dogs. There's probably those like. Uh, Amazing creatures, American badgers. They they can like bury an entire cow and shit. So like they got all <laughs> sorts of potential animals that can go in there for the meat. These guys really seem precise about it. Like as if there's like a old folk recipe for a exact chupacabra trap. Like I don't know yeah. where. So that 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 yeah, I found so... that I found funny. Like the like the only thing that's around here is a chupacabra. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's how they kind of play it. Yeah. And um, we also, back to the, our actual chupacabras that we found, we sent some of those to the Monster Quest science team to test their DNA. Yeah, I, I, in the notes I wrote, we got all the scientists this time. Like, literally, they got, like, literally everybody they could get with this episode in particular. They got, like, a hair expert. They got a genetics guy, skin expert, bone expert. So we got a whole list of people to analyze. And the DNA guy is a frequent guy on Monster Quest. We yes, see the him Mohawk all the guy. Mohawk guy, yeah. <laughs> but to yeah. their credit... They they always say it's it's a dog basically. Hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know <laughs> we yet. Don't know. This I'm, might be a I'm real in this chupacabra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Memo, yeah. he does this to me all the time. <laughs> I'll, I'll, like, got it. You gotta it. build the suspense. They might not know. <laughs> people people want to see. Okay, so that was our search, right? That yeah, was our yeah. search. Um, <laughs> now, sorry for Trey, blowing it up. Yeah, one, nice one more He's note new. though would be so cool if, if this is like a blood sucking monster wouldn't it be cool if they like went to an actual blood bank like got a quart of blood with all that like medical packaging and shit and that just <laughs> ha- hung that out in, in the cage I think that would be like so much that, that would make the show so much more interesting even no, from a really cool. purely production uh, perspective well, if, if Hat Guy was really a badass like he thought he was he He'd cut his own hand like Cleons do oh, with that yeah, sword, yeah. and he'd be like, "Come and take it, Chupacabra!" <laughs> you know, he 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 challenge him to man on Chupacombrat. You know, 
Combat. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever watch the 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 what was it called? It's about with Michael Douglas about these two lions, real life uh, man killing lions. Uh, the go- the ghost in the darkness. Yeah, yeah. So remember how there's like this like final scene where they, it's like all going down, and like yeah. it, they all have this like stereotypical African music. And what are you building? I'm building a macan, which which is like a big board supported by two poles, mm-hmm. and he sits on the macan. So I I mean I I was expecting them to you know. Put some more elbow grease into this. You already got the Draco domination sword uh, rebel yell guy <laughs> out ready to play. You know, put some more effort, like get some blood, have him like camp up somewhere. You know, you already got uh, yeah. um, farmer, farmer, Mac farmer putting a gun in a tree. <laughs> I yeah. always, I also, I never got like, was the gun in a tree for like where he could like retrieve it within a moment's notice? Or like yeah, he put it in the nook of the tree. Ah, so like it wasn't like aimed like like a gun trap or I don't know, I don't know. No, you 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 could probably get like a thirty forty degree radius. Yeah, up against the branch. <laughs> Sometimes you use a branch to shoot, like when you shoot deer and stuff. It's it's plausible. I buy it. So, um. Anyways, but, anyways. By the way, on Ghost of the Darkness, that's a good movie, but also it's based on a real event. I it's, mean, the movie is the Sawo Lions. Yes, it was a great yeah, movie, yeah. but I felt it. But the ending was a bit too rushed. I think they ran out of money because the build up I, I was like the, so good. The build up was so good. The one villager guy, they're like, "Oh, he killed a lion once." He's like, "Oh, well, how many shots did it take him?" And he goes, "I used my hands." Mm-hmm. Uh, John, you know, I also have killed a lion. How many shots did you need? I use my hands. Oh, that guy's mm. badass. That's good. That's a good line right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good movie. Like, it, the movie sensationalized, but it did. It did kind of really happen. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a good movie. I mean, you see, yeah. that's why I said. I mean, like they could have put some more elbow grease into the production because you already he got brought like, his sword. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. If he was like a normal guy, I wouldn't be too mad about it, but. Now you got the you got the makings of legend here. You just have to go the extra mile. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. They hype him up. Like he looks like a like he if he showed up in a movie, you'd expect a badass fight mm-hmm. at the end with this guy. Yeah. Okay, so let's 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 get to what uh what's his name? What's hat guy's name? Ken. Uh yeah, Ken Gerhard. Yeah. So so Ken, let, let let's see what did he find for his tray. Let's get to that before we get. To oh, what did he find? So they said they checked the well. So like they hung around at night for a bit, but then yeah. they, and and they're like, I saw a, a dark shadow or something. They didn't. Yeah, he did, he does do it. What was that? <laughs> no, it's like done terribly. They have like this giant like floodlight that's going to scare off any animals. Um, and like yeah, they go like, what was that? There's something out there, and then they they go away for like a night. And they check the camera traps. Hold on, and... hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Oh, they yes. they have a magical Star Trek device that sends out all these uh, sounds for animals. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> they have this device that they spend a lot of money on. I think they probably spent like ten grand on this thing, and it's like making all these sounds supposed to attract the animals. And they think they see something, and they're hot on the trail. What animal do they see, Trey? Do you remember? A, a bunny rabbit? Was yeah, it's a bunny rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they found a, a precious little bunny rabbit. A cute little bunny rabbit in this yep. dangerous wilds. Where they're, yeah, they're, they're like, oh, what is it? It's a bunny. <laughs> I like that. I laughed. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then they 
And then in the morning, they checked the the cage trap. Yeah, and there was a a possum. We caught something. They did catch something. They yeah, we did. Something. And it was a little possum in there. Yeah, oh, you gotta love yeah. them. Those possums. <laughs> I've had well, them in, in my garage in, every now and then. They're kind of scary. In the yeah, zoology book, which uh, Darren Nash, me, and John Conway wrote, we actually explained uh, chupacabra. Well, for um, for a bit of context, we had a book called Cryptozoologicon about cryptids, and we explained um, we explained the chupacabra as a overgrown predatory semi bipedal possum. So, you know. Not Ooh, so far off. Like and yeah, the mark. They did a, John Conway did a painting of it or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It looks really like grim. But then when you realize its origins, it kind of sounds maybe, maybe. Why not? So, yeah. At least on that mark, you know, there's something there. <laughs> yeah. So, so sadly, our, our um, guy from Vampire Hunter D or whatever the hell, he didn't find. <laughs> you didn't find the chupacabra. <laughs> they they checked the, and then they checked the camera traps and there was rabbits and uh, armadillos and stuff on oh. it. So yeah, they didn't Oh, but wait, there was one other piece of evidence which was shocking oh. and exciting. <sighs> that sucked. That's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> so they find so so they put some they to, to quote our guy, they blasted this pole with coyote urine. Not right. His exact words. <laughs> and in the morning they found this pole was scratched up. Oh my god. In some kind of way that you wouldn't expect a, a dog or coyote to do viciously. Mm. Now oh my god. this is great news because we had a camera <laughs> trap directly on that pole, right? Yes. But oh no, Trey. Oh it was, trap a, it was turned off or, or it broke didn't or something. During that period. Human error. Human error. Oh, you're <laughs> you're you're putting it up for human error? Well, I guess it's yeah, what do you I'll think say, happened? I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say it wasn't working or something. Uh, they faked it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> whoa, I, whoa. <laughs> I, my, I think that he went out there and he did that. They cheated, or the producers did it. Yeah, a person did that to get it on camera, and they lied about it. That's what I'm saying happened. So. We don't know. We don't know for sure. It's um, <laughs> it's just complete bullshit lies. Is all I'm saying. But, but, you know. And, and what and did they pers- say, Miles? They said something about the nothing can scratch that post, right? So hard. <laughs> said it's awful. Yeah, there's nothing out here can scratch that post. They said something like that. No human being would stack books this way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good reference. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, so basically that happens. In my opinion, um, they were hoaxing a little bit there. They were doing a little bit of hoaxing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! But that's whoa. fine. Let's, let's not jump to conclusions here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'd be a mat you'd put on the floor, and it'd have different conclusions on it. Jump to conclusions. Jump to conclusions. <laughs> um. Okay, so that this this didn't work out, right? We, no, we, no, it didn't work out. We hired this guy to fight the chupacabra. And he called it out the sacred combat, but the chupacabra bitched out. May, maybe the mainland chupacabras just aren't as tough. Maybe a coastal chupacabra would have challenged him in martial combat. But well, we just don't know. Yeah. But let, let's go back then. Let's transition back to the coastal chupacabra and the hunt for that. Did they find anything? Uh, they didn't do I don't. I don't think they did anything. They just tested the hair, right, from the nest. Yeah, well, they found the nest. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Which which is an interesting word. I mean, do they lay eggs, the chupacabra? Yeah, aren't they? Uh, if they look like that, uh, I don't know. I didn't, they, they, the, 
Maybe it's a language thing because we wouldn't say like canids would have a nest. We would say they'd have a den. But maybe Mm -hmm. because people say rats have nests and stuff. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. The nest nest usage always like strengthens the possum connection in my mind. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I stand correct. Well, well, one theory that they had is that the 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 coastal chupacabra could have been a rhesus monkey because apparently I had no idea those ah, in, those are in Puerto yeah, Rico. Yeah. When, when, when they, they escaped from that, a lab or some shit. Yeah. And... <laughs> when they first said that, I thought they said racist monkey, and I was like, ah, that tracks. <laughs> oh, fucking racist monkeys. Um. Yeah. So they 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 went to the nest. And they're like, oh shit, like we found it. Because they said they, they saw this thing like mm-hmm. several times, right? Like they said this has been here like every night for the past couple of It was of combing its hair. It was combing its hair in the nest. And yeah. The <laughs> thing fell out. And so yeah. they, they got some of the hair and they, they tested it. So that's really good. And um, uh, what yes. did we get for that? So the uh, Puerto Rican hair sample, uh, the, they sent it to the hair expert and he goes, it belongs to a dog. It was a domesticated dog. But Miles, the narrator goes, maybe a dog entered the nest. Ah, yeah, so, I mean, maybe. So maybe the nest was still built by a chupacabra. It's just by accident this dog was nearby. Yeah, I mean, so collect more hairs. Well, today it's, uh, that, that was in the nineties. So that nest is long gone. That was, <laughs> that was thrown in the trash the next day. <laughs> trash nest. To their credit, they actually like did not put any bullshit words in the researchers' mouths. I think the researchers That's must true. have yeah. like, protested, like, look, you know, either, you, you know, you, you stop mucking about or we're not in. So the producers have to, okay, we'll just have some sort of add-on to. Yeah, uh, so they had the narrator do the who knows, though. Kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so we basically don't have any physical evidence for a bipedal, kangaroo, winged, red-eyed, gargoyle monster, right? Yeah. Um, no. yeah so unfortunately, the coastal ones are very elusive. Um, we just don't have any physical evidence for him. It's a, to quote to quote uh, Godzilla that that movie. Uh, it's an island, so many places to hide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, once again, to this show's credit, I didn't know about rhesus monkeys in uh, Puerto Rico, and apparently they're like a big deal. There's like hundreds mm-hmm. of them yeah. living in some islands. Also, yeah, there's something you know. sinister about that too. I, I guess it's like. As you said, Puerto Rico was like uh, had all the benefits of the of being a U.S. state without any of the responsibilities. So that's where like yeah. they had their like uh, unaccountable medical research sites, probably. Yeah, because Puerto Rico is part of America. Yeah, yeah, but it is not a state. Yeah, so yeah they don't have congressmen or senators, and it's kind of bullshit. So they they did they deserve the right to vote and and influence the laws that influence them. True, true. Well, but w- could it be that some uh, U.S. companies like do their dirty research there, dust the monkeys? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean that. I mean, so part part of the coastal myth comes from the idea that there are alien researchers on the island, hmm. and some people there believe that they. I mean, I'm not saying they're alien researchers, but it, it is an opinion of people there, or at least it was like a you know a, a folk idea that there were people doing alien research on the island or research on the monkeys and weird scientific experiments. So well, speaking of, out there. of aliens, um, oh. 
Oh, the the movie. So there. So this year, nineteen ninety five, there was a certain movie that was released um, called Species. You ever oh, see Species? yes, yes, I love it. Yeah, HR <laughs> Giger, HR Giger designed the uh, designed the creature. creature. Yeah, yeah well, kind of. He was not happy with how it looked on screen. He, but he he, he, he did he, design some of it. He hate no. He designed the whole thing. He hated the CGI use. I I have yeah. like sitting in actually, uh, like right next to me, HR Giger species design. One of the like, it was the first time I got a boner for an extraterrestrial <laughs> creature. Yeah, unbelievable <laughs> stuff. But well, yeah, basically the movie is is hot blonde lady Natasha Henstridge. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know her name. <laughs> and, and, uh, in the, there was a hot tub scene, right? I remember seeing. Yeah, that. yeah, I think I yeah. It a long time ago. <laughs> and she's like has to have sex to, to continue like evolving her. I guess she's continue her lineage or something. Yeah, yeah. It, she, it's basically like um, Frieza from Dragon Ball, different forms. <laughs> but instead of fighting to get to them, she has to fuck. You know, so it's a good premise. It's good. <laughs> it, it, it's not a bad premise, honestly. <laughs> hey, so. The thing is, the species came out that year, and the creature design is a little similar to the one that the Madeline uh, described. Mm. And she actually, so a guy named Benjamin Radford um, investigated it and asked her directly. And yeah, she had seen the movie Species like a like a week before or something like <laughs> that. So it's a, <laughs> so it's a little uh, a little suspicious. A little too close <laughs> for comfort there. Yeah, uh, and she was asked about later in follow-up interviews, mm-hmm. and they said they had seen it again, like the husband had seen it, and like their explanations of the things that it does gets more wild. Really? Yeah. What, what did they say? Uh, hold on. Did they have sex within a hot tub? Well, and worms growing out of its back? <laughs> uh, that movie, like, it's such a silly movie, but now I remember it's been like recorded in my brain, and I can't on, I can't free up the megabytes it's take, it takes up. <laughs> the design's really cool. Like the, that's, why like I, the, that's why I watched it so hard, like hook, line, and sinker. I mean, I was a big Alien fan, so I was a big Giger fan, and I was like at a stage of my life where like if H.R. Giger even like wipes his ass on a toilet paper, I'll watch that toilet paper because I, I admire <laughs> his work. But then I, I had to see Species. I even saw Species 2, which is one of the most disgusting and like stupid films ever to be made. <laughs> Worse than that Halloween movie where they're in a kind of uh, live internet streaming horror show. Oh, uh, man. Halloween uh, <laughs> H2O or something like no, that? No, Halloween or? H2O was great. The one that came know, after uh, that, Halloween Resurrection, like they yeah. killed Jamie Lee Curtis off in the first, uh, like, first quarter. And then it's all about like some lame ass uh gen x teenagers running about in a haunted house and like uh... oh my god terrible. <laughs> terrible you really don't want yeah. people making bad sequels to the movies you like let me tell you no 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 i feel so violated yeah don't even care, <laughs> right imagine if it happened to like a really good uh film saga like star like, wars there i say yeah how dare you, how dare you? not supposed to actually or alien <laughs> Oh, alien! Yeah, yeah. You're the one. You're you guys are the ones who are defending the Prometheus. Look, yeah. look, Prometheus. It 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 like 
if it was outside the alien universe. At least they tried to go somewhere new with it. I mean, huh? Yeah. Am I right? They literally, I mean... <laughs> they, they literally say, "Don't be a skeptic" in the movie. <laughs> the message is a little is a little weird. No, how like too... evolution doesn't really exist? I guess. Mm. Yeah, it's it's an it's an anti science. Is Ridley Scott? Is he going to be? Is he like a secret creationist? And it's he's like, a tran- he's a tra- he is a creationist. He's a tran- is he really? No, creationist. I think yeah, he's yeah, boomerang he up. Version. He's boomerang up. This, this is what I observe <laughs> in all of that generation. Like my close relatives include, like in 1970s, they were all age of Aquarius, believing in yeah, possibilities, believing in aliens. Then this mm. alien stuff kind of became a broken record for them, and then like. So that's why I think in that film, like, the, the, as soon as we see aliens, we know God exists because I believe. It's, like, so in your face. All right, anyways, anyways. <laughs> so Chupacabra turned out to be some dog hair, some dog shit, and then some... Some <laughs> <laughs> <a> dog shit. <laughs> and well, some... they, yeah, I guess they... Oh, sorry. Foregone <laughs> conclusions. And some foregone conclusions, huh? So yeah, but at least we learned about the Jesus monkeys in uh, Puerto Rico. In the next mm-hmm. ten million years, they'll evolve into a different species, and future uh, primate researchers are going to have a hell of a hard time identifying that. And I'm so just, what? Hmm. What happened with the mainland ones? Though, because we have three bodies, right? Like we confirmed it; had it hundred percent confirmed. So oh what yeah, I think it's just a uh, all mangy those dog, mangy all dog. Those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They said that the can- the cannon. What's her name? Phyllis. Phyllis Cannon. Yeah, uh, hair sample is consistent with a dog. Yeah. The Dwarf skull had somewhat larger canines than a normal dog, mm-hmm. but it's pretty clear that it's a feral dog. <laughs> and yeah. then, uh oh, the Quero okay. creature once had a full coat of hair, mm-hmm. uh, so it was likely a, just a dog or coyote with mange. So there we go. Okay. And then the Elmdorf in Puerto Rico tooth hair samples had identical DNA. They were both domesticated dogs. So here we go. <sighs> one can dream. Okay. <laughs> well, one of so, them was kind of interesting. The Quero one uh, said that it had a coyote wolf mix ancestry. The guy said the genesis. Kai wolf. Kai wolf. Yeah, yeah. Kai wolf ancestry. Yeah, with the mother of a mother of a coyote, a wolf father. So that's kind of well, interesting. Cross. I mean, that, you know, that's cool. That's some. No, no. Better I, than what we have I, in the other stuff. I think as we speak in the wilderness of the U.S., innumerable mm-hmm. dogs, coyotes, and wolves are having sex with each other. In oh my gosh, yeah. all sorts. Of <laughs> Probably not wolves. So we we've killed most our wolves nowadays. They only live the in coyote, the I guess. Yeah. A lot of coyotes. And, and there's so many feral dogs out there. Like when oh, yeah. I went to Mississippi, they're just they're they're all over the place. I'm sure. So like, yeah, on this earth right now, we have at least one living, breeding coyote pug hybrid. Isn't that cool? Wouldn't that be cool to see? <laughs> so the other quote um, that our <laughs> the Puerto Rican um, woman and her husband told to Radford in mm-hmm. 1995. They were also being spoken to by UFO Digest magazine. And they asserted that they once saw the Chupacabra fight with a dog. Hmm. And during the fight, the Chupacabra managed to shave clean a patch of fur on the dog. Hmm. It's weird. All right. Oh, that's why. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's like. So, you know. (laughs) 
So the, the coastal chupacabra is the one that creates the mainland chupacabra. That is, yeah. that's interesting. It's like right some there. Uh, native culture uh, origin myth, like the yeah. bad god. Yeah, exactly. His fur, <laughs> the fur landed on the sea and became the island. There you go. So, yeah, bas- basically the chupacabra was a woman saw species. Remembered some, you know, folk tales, X Files kind of mm-hmm. local mythology about genetic tests or alien tests happening locally. Mm-hmm. Maybe saw some kind of animal, um, was scared, put put her mythological story onto the animal, told it to people. People related it to cattle mutilations, which, like I said, was a phenomenon that some people thought needed an explanation, mm-hmm. and then it became popular. And then when Cattle mutilations happened in um, in the continental United States and in Mexico and everything. Um, people had this chupacabra thing to attach onto it, but it became less spectacular over time because for it to be believable, you needed a more materialistic, believable explanation. And then they found these mangy dogs that look weird. So then the chupacabra gained a new form to match the evidence they were finding. As people are trying to build a coherent story. Basically, the two events are not related whatsoever to each other, and really, they're not the same animal or cryptid at all, is what I would say. Yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, we basically have two different cryptids. We just call the same name. I think in part because Chupacabra is a good name. Chupacabra also, is a the animal animal is like quite interesting. Like, you know, it's not another lake monster or another big hairy man, but it's like a... True. Like, vicious predator it's bipedal like something like a raptor almost so i think that that gave it a lot of mental traction so to speak el chupacabra yeah it's a mexican folktale el chupacabra but the amount of detail the description of that chupacabra Mulder. they think he's the chupacabra and el chupacabra Mulder, I... agent lozano and i try to find el chupacabra so they really don't think he's the chupacabra there is no el chupacabra gabriel I because yeah, it is higher plausibility, right? Um, because I mean, like, you're just looking for a canid that we don't know about, which is plausible, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm not not possible or anything or likely, but plausible. I think the vampiric part is pretty unplausible, though, right? Yeah, but I think like, that, would, that part need... gave it the most traction, in my opinion. Like, in people's oh, yeah, because wouldn't you need a different kinds of teeth to be able to suck blood? Yeah, but nobody yeah. cares about that. I mean. Like none of the <laughs> nobody gives a shit about that part. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, say what you're gonna say. I mean, the the whole like concept of a vampiric creature was like. I mean, I I remember I I we were like, remember the like these were also coming out in the Turkish versions of National Enquirer and stuff, and like that part yeah. was always so interesting and like like it's a vampire thing. Oh yeah, it made it more mimetic for sure. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying from like a biological point of view. Oh wow, certainly, it, certainly, certainly. Okay, sorry. Yeah, we're talking different axes. Yeah, it definitely makes it more interesting. But I'm just like its teeth would have to be different, and like it would have to have Incisors different to eat. Yeah, adaptations. Like, yeah. It would actually have to look sillier. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, let's check out the YouTube. You have any final statements you want to say before we check out the YouTube comments on this? Oh well, I'm I'm really happy. We had a really great time. <laughs> I, I found one. I found one. Last okay, time I saw Ken, he was hunting gnomes in Alaska. 
Still has the same beef jerky looking hat though. <laughs> everyone, everyone has a snide comment about this hat, man. <laughs> He's hunting gnomes, like like guardians. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, someone has to go after him. All right, Alaska, um, nonetheless. So, Mister <laughs> Mystery Junkie wrote: uh, "There's a theory that the Chupacabra is a remnant of a breeding pair of thylacines." That escaped their shipment truck ahead of the Bronx Zoo in the early 1900s. What? Since it was only one breeding couple, all of their descendants would be inbred, leading to deformities <laughs> that would make them look more scary, like the Chupacabra. Sightings of the Chupacabra began about 20 years after the thylacines escaped. It's one of the best and my favorite theory. What are you talking about? <laughs> so meta. Awesome. So meta. Find a cryptid to explain another cryptid. Yeah, right. That's awesome. That, that's, like, uh, that's like what theologians do. <laughs> all right well that's a uh, quite an idea there um and 20 years so like, i don't know how like last time the scenes were shipped out in the 1970s come on not even the timing yeah. matches up mm-hmm. or thylacines oh yes okay this person whose name is taylor says i saw a real life chupacabra it looked just like the one in the beginning it somehow climbed scurried up a 10 foot high fence I saw it with my own two eyes, and they use the two eyes emoji, in South Texas around four years ago. It happened above the half hour, happened about a half hour north of San Antonio. It was beyond chilling. None of the three of us could move a single muscle, no less sink to grab one of our loaded guns next to us. And then they put a bunch of emojis. Interesting. There's a, I got got another one by Dice. The Chupacabra is some kind of rare rodent like coyote. Uh, that mm. had little burrows in the ground, which is why we never find them. That's ex- actually a neat a explanation. Nice yeah. speculative idea. Burrowing, yeah. burrowing, pack forming canid. Yeah, cool. a burrowing canid makes sense. A lot of people are talking about Tasmanian tiger. So, so thylacine. So everybody likes the thylacine. Okay, so where would you rate this episode? Let's have let's have our guests go first. Well, it's the first month, It's the first episode of this show that I watched. Okay. So. So I would give it maybe seven out of ten because of uh, the Draka domination guy and uh, bizarre antics, <laughs> and just just because of how over the top everybody is. But I think every episode is like this, and that's why the show has a cult following. <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. Somebody who's watched like 30, 40 episodes or however many we're at now. <laughs> we, we, we've gone through it, you know. We've gone through some monsters. I mean, it, I'd say I, I'd say eight. Uh, eight out of eight, yeah. yeah, I will say just so you know, there is a Monster Quest episode where they actually do find the monster. There is one. Ooh, is it the Lake One monster? Can you guess what it is? <laughs> no, it's not that. <laughs> it was um, they contended that there were giant squids living in the Sea of Cortez, like oh, way larger than any any scientists. And they said. did find this and they actually, squid. Ah, yes, yes. It, not only did they find one, they found one way larger than yeah, yeah, I like, remember. people said that they would be there. They, they attached the camera so. to one of the Humboldt squid, and then it dives, dives, mm-hmm. dives, yep. goes, goes, goes. Yep. And in the last instant, the whole landscape lights up. Unbelievable. That was just... Oof. Yeah, so like that yeah. that's the best episode of the show. It's awesome. Like They, that is. they actually fucking find it, you know. Mm. That was episode three. Oh. Yeah, right? They're right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. It peaked very early, I guess. <laughs> So, see, ranked overall on IMDb, this is the twelfth highest ranked episode of the show, right. and it's it's ranked just below Mega Hog. Oh, Mega Hog! 
and uh, it's in between Megahog and Bigfoot Critical Evidence. Um, yeah, I give it about a I'll give it about an eight tray for this show. It's a good episode of Monster. Yeah, they got like actual bodies and and science conducted, which was yeah, good. right. They they had a body of a weird looking animal. They had one. They checked it out. They checked it out four different ways. Um, they gave more credence, I think, to the North American ones than the Puerto Rican one, which makes sense from their bias, right? Because they're actually trying to be scientific in the way that they understand it. So, you know, good. It was fun. I liked it. Give it an eight. Way to go, Monster Quest. Good job, everyone. <laughs> well, that's our show today. Uh, well, thank I'll try you to get so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to thank you for coming on. This has been yeah, really awesome. It was really nice meeting you and talking about completely random stuff about turkey and weird animals and everything. No, I, I could do that all night. I mean, I I, I would also <laughs> be honored to join you again. Yeah, we yeah, really we, enjoyed we having that. you on, man. And I'll, I'll let you know when it's out. And hope people will follow you on Twitter and check out your YouTube. All right, all right. And I don't know if you do that, but if you can also link to my Patreon, that would also really help. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. All right. Awesome. All right, you you have a good night over there in Turkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See you. So, no, no, I would love to stay up more, uh, but now I I gotta get some stuff ready for tomorrow, so yeah. I, I gotta scoot a bit. But this was so good. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Thank nice you so much. You. Cheers. Take care. All right. Bye. Later. Bye. Well, Trey, we did it. We talked to Chupacabra. And yes. We were on the case, and uh, we debunked that guy. We debunked his ass. We got yeah. him. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, Chupacabra. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry for no stories for this time, but I do have a good story. Next time, I want. I'm I'm working on it. I'm going to tell the story of uh, um, chiropractic medicine. Oh, awesome! And are we doing Monster Quest as well? Because I'm looking at the. If we are, which yeah. one are we doing? Yeah, well, let's see. So what's after Chupacabra? Is it Legend of Harry Man Beast? The Legend of the Harry Man Beast. Is there <laughs> a man that is just because this one I actually hair. have a lot of information on? Because uh, this is about the Native American folklore kind of oh, stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about Bigfoot. Yeah, Legend oh. of the Hairy Man Beast. I guess we're doing another Bigfoot. Oh wow! All right. Well, this one will be. This one has something new to it because they're going to talk about all the Native American folklore. Yeah, which... it'll be probably mildly racist. Yeah, oh, well, I know one of the ladies in this is uh, Kathy Strand, so mm-hmm. which I have some some things to say about uh, Kathy. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so uh, it was good to be back on. Sorry for the delay in the episodes. Trey and I were just trying to get another project. You have um, a lot going on. Yeah, right. we're going to talk off air a little <laughs> bit about the Prince of Egypt thing. So we are we are doing that. I know we keep bringing people along with that damn. We will do it, and it will be hella good. It, it's um, gonna be good. You got that book, man. Yeah, I got that really nice book because of the Patreon. All right. Um, if anyone's not a Patreon supporter, if you do support us on Patreon for just three or five dollars a month, you can ask us questions, and also there's some content on there. We've got some videos, audio that gets kind of out. We have a it, there's a, a face reveal on there. If you can, no, no, that's good. That was just to get you to get on there and pay for it. I haven't even seen Trey's face. <laughs> I am getting close to a million. So, uh-oh. I, uh, uh-oh. I talk to Trey all the time. I deal with, help him deal with his personal problems. But I don't even... Dude, it's right. It's right. <laughs> You're going to get this. <laughs> okay, buddy. It was really good talking to you, man. I missed you. And uh, I'm glad we got to talk to you.
Yeah, yeah, me too. See ya, see ya, okay, see ya. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bottoms up in this time. Won't you let me be? Bottled up in this time. Won't you rescue me? Thought it up at this time It's all I can see Should have been here last night And heard what the big dipper said